the good thing about the Warriors. We don't care when people hop on the bandwagon. We welcome you. We embrace you. <laughs> <laughs> There's heaps of room on the waka to up the wires. The news might have their own agenda. They might have their own like ideas they want to push. And so it's like, I don't even know if they can be trusted anymore. How big is your penis? Nah, sorry. I'm just <laughs> can I tell a joke? There was a Maori man, some more man in Tongan, man. <laughs> Cancelled. Cancelled. Band-Aid. Israel Adesanya or the All Blacks? Mm. It could be anything. Yeah. We're just arguing could be, a point. Yeah, which do you prefer? It could be who you think has done more for the country, your preference, who's a better role model, whatever comes to mind when you think of those two, who would you pick and why? Who would I pick straight off the bat? I would pick the ABs. ABs, you look at you look at you're talking about legacy in terms of countless of years, uh, players, uh, families, and whanau. And growing up as a kid, a lot of kids wanted to be all black or to be an all black. So I, I would choose the all blacks in terms of the legacy and the mother that it holds, even to this day. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh man, uh, I love Izzy. Izzy's the man, Izzy is the man 100%. But if you're looking about now, see, Izzy's not gonna come now, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man. Oh. Don't worry, Izzy, we got you. Yeah. Izzy, man, I got you, Izzy. Izzy, bro. In terms of, uh, he always says, man, he's not local, he's global. So, in terms of mm. global impact, uh, Izzy's carrying uh, MMA on the shoulders. No, <laughs> man, with the push that All Blacks get. Versus the push that um, our combat sports and fighters get, they against all odds, they're they're making it on the big stage. And um, if the All Blacks were to go to the states and walk on the streets of New York, they wouldn't get, get um, any attention. But if that guy walks, he's 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 got everyone around him. That guy, two-time champion. And um, I don't think we, New Zealand um, really appreciate um, the impact that this guy has made. But I still love my All Blacks, mainly the the old school, the old school. Mm. But yeah. Nice yours. What's yours, bro? Jay, what's yours? <laughs> what's yours, bro? <laughs> <laughs> We're in similar positions, eh? Gee. I'm curious, bro. What's yours? Buck Shefford. Oh, see that old school man, Buck Shuffer played Buck with Shuffer, one, one testicle. testicle, man. That's he's, it was in someone's mouth now. <laughs> hey, Buck Shuffer, <laughs> come on, pick man. I don't know if I, if I, I think I think I agree with your points, <clears throat> and I do agree. I think All Blacks have done more overall. But I think I would go to Izzy. Eh? I have to go to him. Just like what he's done. Like he's probably, in, the, in terms of middleweight, he'd be what, like second grade? Uh, Anderson Soap would probably be number nah, he's one. He's the goat, bro. He's my goat. Over Anderson. Over Anderson. Even though Spider. I love Spider. But their fight was crazy. Yeah, yeah. And Adesanya has done more in four years than what a lot of the current fighters are doing. He's and he's still active. fighting. I'm he, hopefully yeah, he comes back. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, but, I don't know. That's the like, amount of fights he could have turned down and he chose to just take it. Uh, I mean, he risked everything. But he was on Bro. roids. 
<laughs> so he's not gonna come on now. No, nuts. <laughs> nah. nah, nah, style bender, but everyone else is silver. silver. Yeah. No, actually. Yeah, according to my sources. <laughs> but carry on. <laughs> carry on. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I think I'll give it to Izzy. Just at least at least currently, like for now. Man, like you said, like people around the world know who Israel Adesanya is. And for that for that point that you know, he's put New Zealand on the map in that regard. But the all blacks, like you Maybe Richie McCaw at some point, Daniel Carter maybe at some point before, but now I, I don't know. I don't know. What what sport is your kids playing? Rugby league. Jay. Damn. Um it's funny, just hearing your points like Izzy today is kind of reminds me of like the All Blacks back in the day, like when mm. they were world beaters. Like mm. they did things that were unexpected by just being the best in the world. And Izzy is kind of like that for me today. But I, yeah, if I'm being truthfully honest, I haven't seen a rugby game in ages. But I've seen Izzy's fights. You know, I've watched his fights, so I'd have to lean toward Izzy as well. I just think what he's had to overcome, like Charles was saying, like. He's had to be his own promotion and like without the media push, without having the legacy of those that have come before or, or less less of it, he's had to just build himself, build his brand, build everything. Um, and he's been okay to be critical about stuff that, you know, he's called out stuff that's happened in New Zealand or things like that. And I think that's, that's cool. Um, Love the All Blacks, their legacy, like for generations and the good they do for the community. Man, you can't touch that. But yeah, just personal preference. I have to go easy. Oh, Why do you think people are turning away from the game of rugby, like in terms of viewership? Because honestly, back in the day, 2008 and all that, um, knew every player. Yeah, um, doesn't if I if there was plans on that weekend to go out or something, I'll make sure I'm watching the game. Um, but now it's like, man, I only watched the final last year at the World Cup, Mm. and that's nothing to do with our players. Like, man, I look, you know, our players are awesome. That I know how hard it is to be at that um, level in terms of. Um, playing for the All Blacks But man It's just I don't know A lot of people Are disengaged with sport More mm. people um, Moving over to Rugby league um, It's more Engaging mm. uh, But I don't Yeah I don't know Off topic yes. <laughs> No no no, no, but no, no That's no, an no, interesting no. question though Because There are more people uh, Watching MMA now More than ever mm. Do you think There's something to do With like in New Zealand Because the All Blacks Were the best for so long that anytime we're not the best, it's like, Mwah. honestly, oh, wow. bro, I reckon, I reckon that's the case. Like a lot of people, yeah, like you said, for I don't know how many decades we were just the best, bro, the best country, best team by far. And recently, we've lost probably the most games we've lost in the last like three years. So it's mm-hmm. like, everyone's like, ugh, stuffed all blacks, they're mud. And it's like, gee, they're, they're mean. It's just that everyone else is also like, elite. Everyone's yeah. just elevated. All the smaller countries. That should make it more exciting though because it's then it becomes less predictable. Yeah. yeah? Like, yeah. But uh, no, it's almost like we're conditioned to win, G. We're, uh, our New Zealanders are conditioned to see the All Blacks go and win and take it out. And if we're not taking it out, I was like, oh, these guys are mud. It's the coach, it's the players, they're, they're mud. It's like, that's unfair, bro. 
Do you think there's something there about people, the way that we're entertained these days? Like we have short, shorter attention spans. We want to see more action. We want to see a faster game. Do you think anything about like the game itself and people's taste in being entertained? Like there's a disconnect there or? I think that's part of it. Eh? Part of it. Look at league. Leagues, like you said, the numbers yeah. for them, that's risen versus rugby and leagues easier to digest than, and it's more action. Lots of run-ups, lots of hit-ups, lots of tackles, as opposed to ten-minute scrums, which people are just <laughs> sucks. But it's like that's a very important part of the game. So I don't know. I feel like there's just a disconnect between us and the players these days. Oh, like we don't know, like because they're trained the media not to really have a personality. Yeah. So they're protected, and it's like I got I got no connection that's with. That True. PC culture, eh? Who yeah. doesn't remember like Richie McCaw and Tana doing like Bro, you know, I remember Tana Ponics yeah, and Bro, but you, you still you still got um Ari Severe. Ari Severe is Severe is his character is yeah. quite charismatic. People love him. And I, I think in this day and age in terms of rugby, because you're right, Charles, absolutely right. The numbers, not only in the clubs, but also in the grassroots rugby has gone down the stats have uh, ridiculously gone down yeah. kids are more are more inclined to play basketball and football soccer mm. and I think for white people as to white people are kind of turning off because the rules in rugby have changed mm. That's good. the rules have changed and they change rapidly they, they, they continuously change and sometimes people say oh obviously you got the uh, you know head injuries you can't tackle can't do this. All these these rules and, and regulations have really killed the game. That's what I, I see. Yeah. And now yeah. people, depending on the TMO, and then sometimes the ref, they they befuddled by some of the rules. <sighs> and so you look at the calls in the Rugby World Cup, man, how many calls? Oh Are you looking at, uh, we could have a can of worms in terms of Fiji, Manu Samoa, as games as they should have won. And these these referees kind of just they ruined the, ruined the game. TMO doesn't know what, what the, the left hand from the right. They have no idea, and so and then the riff, especially riffing, they give it up to the TMO. Can you call that? Make their call after how many phases? I know. And the guy at the TMO, he's like this. <laughs> he's looking at the screen, like. <laughs> is, it, is it that bad? Like the frustration enough? You reckon to put people off the game? People have, and you see it time and time again. I've seen articles. People complain about the riff and the game has gone too soft, mm. and that's why people are. There's been an influx of people watching rugby league. They, oh man, rugby's obviously rugby's faster. You know, it's just fast pace, quite exciting, quite engaging because it's so quick, and you know, you don't have much many scrums and a lot of stoppages, and that's why you see up the wires now people. Mm. Uh, now tuning into rugby league because it's such a intriguing, such an engaging game. Whereas rugby is like the rules are constantly changing. It's slower sometimes. It's slow, but it, it's it's an amazing game. It's a, rugby is an amazing game. Obviously, it's, it's our game. Our, our us as ABs, but somehow we're we're losing the aura, the aura of the ABs, mm. but also the aura of um, of winning games. Mm. And so it's no longer there. And you, yeah, it's it's sad. Bro, bring back rocking, bro. When that got taken out, I was like, oh, nah. People in the way, bro, <laughs> rocked him out of the way, chief. I was like, like you said, it's gone soft. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no. <laughs> but in terms of like watching when they were winning, man, I've been supporting the Warriors for as long as I can remember, and they've been losing, but I still support them. Yeah, man, keep the faith, man. Keep the faith. <laughs> but when we win, you know, the good thing about the Warriors is that um, 
we don't care when people hop on the bandwagon. We welcome you. We embrace you. <laughs> <laughs> There's heaps of room on the waka to up the waz. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I think there's also just that the narrative, the storytelling, like we're connected to a lot of the personalities that are in league. And you mentioned Adi Sevilla because he's able to be himself. Sometimes he pushes the limits when he can. When he comes and does his interview, we're like, you know, connected. He'll, he'll stuff up like in the media's eyes. And then, but he's quick to own own it and but he's passionate eh? he's remember passionate. he went like this yeah. he went like that that suspended. pissed me off bro that's a whole different bro, suspended. he got suspended if that oh that for so, in the oh, hacker for oh no no during the game during the game during the game they couldn't even try. do that man how stupid is that he walks up he goes oh what a bad role model and I was like, bro, this but, guy's done more for the community bro, than God. oh pissed me off damn yeah. that's the weight of expectations eh, as well. Yeah, just I feel sorry for those like guys, damn. bro. Those that are in the spotlight, just oof. Yeah, it just made me think of another topic. But sorry, nah, just the whole idea of um, like loyalty and um, and just people playing. You know, switching clubs or staying loyal to New Zealand, um, like the law of the all black jerseys. Like everyone hates players when they move overseas. Mm. Sonny Bill is an example. Sonny yeah. Bill, um, you got um, Charlie uh, Pito. Pito, yeah, Pito. Moved at in his prime. Um, got a lot of great um, players that have moved overseas, but like, what are your thoughts on it? Like, Ooh. as a Loyalty yeah. as a um, spectator and a fan, like because I, I read it, you know, everyone always goes <laughs> in and, and says, um, Oh man, you should be loyal to your country. I was going, Bray, are you loyal to your job mm. that you've been in for years? And if a, a similar role comes that gets paid, gives you, offers you more money, are you going to be loyal to the company you're with or are you going to move on? True, that's cool. Ooh. I like the way you put it. Bro. Maybe because I'm not as invested in like things like rugby, but to me, I'm like loyal to yourself and your family first. I mean, some people might say loyalty to God first, but to me, yourself and your family, and if it helps you yourself and your family to be somewhere else, man, go for it. But yeah, there is an expectation where people are like, be loyal to your country. But yeah, no, yourself and your family first, I reckon. You, you, man, you bring a good point. Um, was, well, you look at the Tosa more guys, you know, <clears throat> people say, hey, be loyal. You got guys like Stephen Crichton, you got Jerome Luai, loyal to, to the bone to play for Tosa more. And they could have been, they could have been picked for Australia. And it's, it was highly likely they could have been picked, they would have mm. been picked for Australia, but they said no. And you get the, you get the two sides. People say, oh, man, come on, these guys. And he had some guys in the Tosa more who left this year when, oh, last year when Samoa played the Kiwis. Uh, they left to play for the Kiwis, and, and people are like, "Oh man, you're not loyal, man. Loyal, if, you, if you're loyal to Samoa, you stay loyal." But it's, I totally agree. If your family is in need, and you, you know, it's the betterment for your family, uh, the betterment for whatever your whatever your choices. I think the choice of the onus goes back to the person. 
we don't have the right to say, hey, you should do be loyal to this and that. We don't know what goes through their minds. Mm-hmm. We don't know what the situations. Hard. And for us to quickly jump on, like, oh, you're a traitor, you betrayed us, you're not, not, you're not Samoan now, so to speak. Damn. Yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah, to that to, to that extent. No, you're oh. not Samoan. You're plastic, whatever that kind of stuff. But we will never know the reasons as to why people jump ship or say, hey, okay, I choose the other, other side because. <sighs> Yeah, people, it's financial, but they, they, at the end of the day, it's their choice. Mm. And I think we should just respect their choice and say, hey, cool, all good. Do, do, do you guys feel the same way if it was like they left tour to go and play for the Kiwis or play for Australia to get like a ring or like to get like a championship? Is that all good yeah. still? Or is it like, it's now you're just chasing rings? You know what I mean? Because like <laughs> <NBA. laughs> I, I brought up that topic because I was pretty like, it's your choice. But then he brought up like... <laughs> the guys you know coming to play a tour and then they move to the keys I remember getting angry okay. oh bro I don't know yeah, I, 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 too, I get angry I got angry as well so, so I was going oh say so the fan part of me is like man why did you know why did you move on but in saying that like, I'm fortunate enough that man I can go for both <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true man we can go for both but you're right I, I was like man what a, what a, yeah. what a sad dude just jump ship, bro. Fans are yeah. bad. Yeah, they, they pull up receipts, bro. They pull yeah. up receipts on. You would cut through, eh? cut through, man. But I think you, know, you say that. I think if you haven't been in their shoes, if you have, if you haven't played professional, yeah. you're not a professional athlete or professional player. Then we have no say. You have yeah. no say because you don't know the situation of that, that person. Even in, even I feel a bit more critical saying that because I saw yeah. some of these guys in the Tulsa more jersey now they play for the Kiwis like. Yeah. But hey, at the end of the day, you so sorry, I give it up your choice. to um, Jason Tamalolo. Yeah, JT. Because they um, chose their, um, you know, their heritage during a time um, when their team was not even up there. They made a massive sacrifice during their prime. And with that guy, he doesn't have the option to play um, state of origin. Because he was, you know, he was a Kiwi. So he sacrificed, you know, playing um, the money and then being an elite player. And But yeah, anyway, give it up to all the guys that whatever decision you make, make it for your family and just be careful of uh, what you end up saying. Because people keep receipts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we'll start training. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> go back to our day jobs. Eh? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Oh man. So what's what do we have today? Who are we guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <What's> the... <laughs> what are we doing here, Pete? What are we doing here? Hey guys, welcome once again. Hey, this is obviously a new segment that we're trying out and we're throwing it out there. If you have any ideas as to what to name this segment or to, to, to call this part of of um the series, so to speak, please, um, please, put, give it to us. Just, just comment and just let, let us know your replies into terms of how you would like this name, uh, this segment to be called, what to be, what it to, to be called. But um, we are, we're just sharing our thoughts. We're talking about current affairs, uh, things that uh, t- topics that that we wouldn't wouldn't normally uh, normally discuss. 
And so we're just gonna, and also just for you, to, to, an opportunity for you guys to, to know who we are as well, and to, to understand it, and, mm. and to understand our, our different opinions, differences of opinions as well, as a collective, but also as individuals. And yeah. so, yeah. So this is almost like a clean slate. This is your opportunity to mould um, what these episodes might look like, and that can be via your feedback through all our platforms. Um, and just be patient with us while we navigate um, what the space looks like. But we want to, you know, there, there's bits in here that we want to talk about taboo subjects, um, platforms would will shy away from, but we want to be able to allow the space to um, speak on it. We might call it taipu, but it's taboo subjects and it could range from anything. But yeah, we just... Want to mold this um, these sessions um, as a way of just raising men's issues and us being able to talk about it. Eh? Yeah, like I want to talk about boldness, man. Like, like you mean like, like boldness, like, courage, boldness, or just no, no, no. My hair bored, off. Bored, oh, boldness, being oh, bored, oh, bored, boredness. <laughs> 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 nah, actually, I don't want to talk about. <laughs> like we can talk about it some say That's taboo, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also it's also an opportunity for for you guys to see the inside yeah. of the boys because they don't when the guest is here inside you're not of the boys inside oh, inside oh fuck <laughs> gotta be careful sorry just it's a be right there hey if that's what you want to do then DM him yeah, carry on. Sorry. No, nah, no, nah, just because your followers inside, we don't really get to see what you guys fully think about what the guests are saying. You know what I mean? Just let them, you let them talk, which is cool. But it's like I think it'd be. There's been a few comments where like, oh, we want to see what you guys think, or like some pushback or whatever. So, this is that space to be able to do that. We're ready cool. to get cancelled, guys. Yo. Mm. Jay, any thoughts? <laughs> like, just uh, reminding me of like, for example, there are some things that we're going to talk about tonight. That are direct result of some of the comments that yeah. were left on the last episode. Um, and one of those things was like, you know, someone had commented that it'd be good to do a weekly report on what's on the news in New Zealand, like the headlines for the week, as some of us are from overseas and it'll be good to keep up with what's happening at home. Um, they commented that their favorite episode was Manga Siva and Peel, keep up the good work. Um, and it was a fan from Canberra. What's, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce oh. it. What at the tag? Yeah, thank yeah, you, brother. Sure, but, thank you, from Canberra. Yeah, and, and you know we've we'll, heard their feedback, and we're gonna try it out now. Um, but I just want to <laughs> let you know that I don't read any current affairs. <laughs> but actually, let's let's preface that by saying like, bro, I I never watch the news. So yeah. When was the last time like, you guys watched the news? Yeah, actually, when was the last time you saw the news? Because it's been years. Bro. Like I might even say like ten years <laughs> since I watched the news. <laughs> I think mine was during COVID. You didn't watch the news. Uh, that was the last time you watched. Time it was I was like, engaged in the news and mm. media outlets, but. Even then, we just watch. I just watched like a uh, couple like of clips. Did you watch the whole news or not? Yeah, sometimes. Like you might see it on the timeline in that day, but like, yeah. Yeah, did yeah. you watch like TV oh, one or TV three news no. on the TV at six o'clock? No, I only watch the news, the emergency alarm thingy. That's true. Yeah, all the outlets like um, New Zealand Herald. Oh, we didn't get sponsored by these guys, so I'm gonna 
name drop views. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Name> drop <laughs> Just all the new newspaper outlets, like I turned off the notification because a lot of um, the the stories that they share is like sort of one sided and it paints a pic a negative uh, picture towards our people. That's what how I always thought, and especially with COVID, it was like. Uh, it was like making people scared. Um, Fear mongering, eh? Yeah, 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 I hated it. And it, it was getting me pissed off. I was reading through comments. It sort of made it divide. And I was like, it was really things my uh, mental health. So I turned off all the notifications. I was like, ah, I'm sick of this. And yeah, and I felt better afterwards. But because of this, also, I'm going to start. Watching the news? Watching the news and getting engaged with current affairs. That's a good point, though, is that, like, the news might have their own agenda. They might have their own, like, ideas they want to push. And so it's like, I don't even know if they can be trusted anymore in this day and age. Like, it's kind of... I don't know if you guys looked much into conspiracies. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I think, especially during COVID, I think too, with the mainstream media, oh. and these guys, and sometimes, yeah, they, like you said, I think you have, uh, they're privy to their own... I guess you said agenda, and some of them, you know, some of these journalists, reporters, and like you said, Charles, it's always kind of been like one-sided, and you find out later from a different source that oh man, this, that was the total opposite, and so it's hard. It's hard to um, trust, so to speak, mainstream media these days, and you, know, you talk yeah. about the fear mongering, you talk about the vision, and you talk about the negativity, obviously in terms of our people. Uh, or South Auckland, so to speak. And it's, yeah, it can be. Yeah, so I think it's important that whilst you're looking at the news or mainstream media, also look at some of the other outlets out there that may be um, hold the truth. Yeah. Because it is. I think we need to be, be looking for truth, not part yeah. you know, not part truth or little. Mm. You know. It's tricky though, because eh? I'd love to talk to someone who like does that sort of thing. Because mm. in my mind, I'm thinking, if you want to become a journalist, there must be some integrity there where you want to be able to like expose the truth about lots of different topics, True. but somewhere between the integrity of like going out and having this mission to, I don't know what journalists do, investigate a story between that and it getting delivered to the masses, like it runs through some sort of machine where you don't know what's been lost and what stayed true. true. And true. Yeah. I think in the past I've typically been one that's followed mainstream. Like if I see it, I'm like, oh, I just kind of believe it. Naturally, it's only been in recent years that I'm like, oh, actually these news organizations, if they rely of some of their funding or they get paid on how many people view their work, then it's in their best interest to create headlines that generate some controversy or paint people a certain way because that's what sells. And if it sells, then they're more inclined to make tweaks I don't know. In my head, that's kind of how it works. But that makes sense. I I think the, when you brought that up, I think I really lost because I was like you. I used to always believe whatever mainstream media said was like all right, whatever is on the news. Like, all right, cool. That's what happened. Like, that's fact. That's the way it is. I wasn't until the whole COVID thing. I was like, bruh, I don't know, man. That was when my <laughs> eyes were open to like, man, this whole thing is just messed up, bro. Like. I don't know. I don't know who to believe at that point. And so I started looking online and just doing my own research and. I think that's it. You just hit it on the nail, um, Brad. I think, you know, whatever's received, whatever we watch or, or hear on the radio, or, or even us, even us as, as, as a podcast, I think it's important for us to test, test everything. 
And instead of just go, oh, I just take it for gospel. Oh, yeah, that is true. That's true. I think it's important that we test everything and say, okay, is this really true? Uh, you know, because, you know, like you were saying, it could be some messaging or whatever, lost in translation. But even regardless, if it's lost in translation, it's still not true. Mm. Even, yeah, even if it's down, going down, whoever, whoever says, gives the green light, says, yep, this is the, what you need to throw out on the news. Yeah, I like what you said. This is what you need to go out on, on, on the radio, whatever, whatever, on the airwaves. I think it's important for us as a, as people in general to test what is being said and what you're viewing. Uh, yeah. Amen, nice. brother. So we need more of you truth um, seekers out there, um, being journalists so you can tell our stories. And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and whatever you hear on here is the real deal. Like, fact. we've done our research and um, nah. But <laughs> 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 nah. we're just going to have fun with this and we'll try, our, try to like, um, yeah, have our own opinions and hopefully we can. Yeah. Discuss some current affairs. Slightly off topic. Have you guys seen the newsroom? It's like a TV show. Yo, uh, bro, so good. Good? we need news people like that, bro. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, it's cool. Watch it. The newsroom. <laughs> good show. So what's what, what's what's currently trending? It's trending. You want to, to kick start it off? Us off. Go, Pete. I know you watch the news. What's trending? off? <laughs> Can you name your <laughs> source? Do <laughs> 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 something. I'm not. What? What? Born up. Test everything. Even that. Test the. Um, test Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> everything, man. Test everything. Um, but <laughs> what are you talking about, lying? You're testing everything on there. It's a deep dark hole. There's no yeah. coming back. You're going to the rabbit hole. You're going to go the rabbit hole. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, current, current affairs in terms of what's happening. Obviously, next week we have uh, the uh, Treaty of Waitangi, and so the Treaty of Waitangi is coming up. Obviously, we got Christopher Luxon, who's now the the new Prime Minister, with uh, and you know with his, with his good buddies uh, David Seymour and Uncle Winnie, and Uncle Winnie, yeah, Uncle Winnie, with St. Peter's, and so just on. Oh, well, sorry, quick say. question, yep. and honestly. Before Pete said it, did you guys know who the Prime Minister was and nah. who the... I nah. forgot who it was, but yes. It's a coalition. Do you know nah. It's a coalition. I didn't actually know. So our government's made up of three parties. I, I, I don't know who the Prime Minister is, though. Who is it? Oh, oh Christopher Luxon. The bold guy. The guy who said... Nah, it is a coalition, like you said. Um, Charles, Chris Luxon, and you got David Seymour from uh, what party? What's, what's this party? You act, yeah, the act party, the act party, and then you got uh, Uncle Winnie, uh, Winston Peters of New Zealand first. And so, obviously, uh, True White Tongue is next week. We've got to be celebrating, obviously, with the three P's uh, participation, protection, and partnership. So, you had Chris Luxon and David Seymour. Just, I think it was yesterday or even today, I think. Well, I, could, I could be wrong, but talking about the Treaty of Waitangi, they're going to be up there. They're going to be talking about having the discourse between the Crown, uh, the British Crown, and also Tangata um, Whenua or Māori Whānau. Um, and so it's always been that. And he said there's going to be a discourse. It's going to be a relationship. It's all based on a relationship. And then, yeah, David Seymour said, hey, it is about relationships. It is about... Um, but he, he didn't significantly say partnerships, it's about relationships. He talked about uh, a man called, 
I forgot his name. Was, uh, let me see. Something Cook? Yeah, Robin Cook. He said Robin Cook. Robin Cook had, had made a statement in 1987 about the partnership, the partnership with the Crown and and and, and Tangata Whenua. Uh, but since then, Christopher Luxon and, and David Seymour and, and maybe uh, Uncle Winnie Winston Peters has a different look, outlook. Because for them, specifically saying, okay, where do we draw the line? Is it Modi or co-governance? Is it Modi? Uh, and then you have everyone else in partnership. And so he said something real kind of quite um, interesting. He said, hey, you know, is it just one rule for Modi or and is it is it another rule for, for the rest of, of the population? So what are your thoughts on that, um, brothers? In terms of Modi or anyone else? Or co governance? Oh man. That's a tough one. I well, can they can they coexist? Can those th- those two things coexist and and coexist in harmony, or will there be some sort of ooh, conflict in terms of? Ideally, you want that to happen, eh? To work together, eh? Yeah. Um, but let me paint this picture and see what your thoughts are. Imagine you're in Samoa, your grandparents are in Samoa, right? And then you had someone else go over to that country, and then who's more important? Like the people of that land or the visitors come in and say, hey, we have a right to you here. We should co-govern your country that I'm visiting and drain off their resources. Definitely the people of the land. Like, yeah, priority first. They were there first to make sense that they would have that we would First all steps. become accustomed to the way they do things. Like we assimilate into that. I guess it depends on like how long they've been there for, the visitors. Like have they been there for a time where they've integrated and it's just like generations later and it's like, then it gets a bit murky. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, like of course, the, the way to look at it is like the people who were there first for sure should get like a priority or get precedence. Um, I don't know. I just don't know enough about like the politics mm. of the mold of the Treaty of Waitangi and the government and that relationship and how that's been over the last you know, oh, 20, 30, 40 years. Similar boat. It was just one of those things you hear about growing yeah, yeah. up, but you don't actually it's hard sometimes growing up to know the importance of why you should look into some of these things, especially when it's related to history, because you know, you're so focused on just surviving and providing and making money and all that sort of stuff that it's hard to see the connection of like, why does that matter and how does it influence everything I do today? Mm. Um, but definitely I feel like as I've gotten older, I know it's important, but I just sometimes don't know where to start or yeah. Like there's just so much to unpack there. What are your thoughts? Um, well, what are your article you read? Oh, oh, oh. Well, I tell you what, because I'm not much into politics, and but I thought we could just bring it up because obviously uh, Waitangi's next week, and you hear it all the time. You hear it in, the, in the education system, you hear it in wherever you are in, in Aotearoa, New Zealand. You hear about the treaty, uh, but I think the difference in terms of what you're saying, Charles, in terms of if. If we're in Samoa and other people just come out of the blue and say, okay, I want co-governance with, with your nation or your country. The difference is it was a treaty. Both parties came together 
and they signed a document. And so whether that document was to have equal rights, as some people are saying, equal rights to whatever, or partnership or relationship, whatever it is. Uh, but regardless of, of that, um, you know, I think the people of Aotearoa should, you know, is, this should be an understanding and a, and a respect and also uh, an appreciation of, of tangata whenua. And so, um, but in terms of, I don't know, I think people, there's, there's, a, there's a fine line. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, if Māori have this specific right, and everyone has a different has a different one, or was it equal? How how, how do we govern that together? How do, how, how does it that coexist? If they say, oh well, Mori has this particular a privilege versus the other everyone else's privilege, and so I'm thinking, how does would they bring any forth? Would they bring forth conflict? Would they bring forth a bit of I don't know uh, disharmony, so to speak? I think for myself as an ignorant Māori <laughs> that lives in New Zealand, <laughs> um, I've always thought, I've always thought like, it's, I just find it strange that, because um, I, I, again, I don't know the ins and outs, so I'm, I'm very ignorant, so forgive me for my ignorance, but I've always found it strange how they've been, yeah, like almost like a, a separate set of rules or maybe like favour for Māori people. I understand that. But like, you know, I'm more like, I'm just like going to get freaking cancelled. But I've always been, I've always, I don't know, I've always found it strange that more people are like, oh man, like the white man comes here and takes our stuff. It's like, oh, that's cool, but you're driving a BMW. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're wearing like modern clothes. If that's the case, like why aren't you living in a bush somewhere? It's like, because you're like, this is, New Zealand is different now. It's not set back in the days. It is the way it is now. We have a, a, a what is it? Like a, um, a democracy. Like things have been put in place. It's been like this for years. I, I don't know. I just feel like there should be an, like equal opportunity across the board. But the argument is that it was forced upon them. That okay, so, yeah. so I, that's I, colonization. I can't speak on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can't speak. Yeah, I can't speak yeah, on no, that. No, no, it's cool. But that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, like, that's a lot of us. Like, and even me, what I, whatever I'm talking about, is like, there's a level to um, my understanding, and mm. I don't know much, but I'm just. Gonna, <laughs> <laughs> no, you just put it out there. Yeah. But I don't know. The where I'm coming from is, I feel like it. It takes the responsibility off the individual if. Maoris are given, I don't know, if they're given like privilege or if they're given, um, I don't know, I don't know, what, like perks or, or whatever. If there's separate rules for Maori people and then separate rules for everyone else, there's a lack of responsibility on the individual. I feel like it should be equal across the board. Everyone should get equal op opportunity and it's up to that individual person whether they succeed or not. If they succeed, it's because they worked hard and they knuckled down and they did what they had to do. If they didn't, then they can't, you can't really blame it on anyone. You can't blame it on anything. It's just. But surely you can still have that sense of accountability and still have separate rules where Māori might have some privileges. Because I've always had it put to me like, oh, but then the pain of those who suffered, like that's been inherited by these generations who have less opportunity or, you know, have to hear the stories about their grandparents being brutalised and all that sort of stuff and cheated out of land. Like, if we're saying it just one rule for everyone, then it's like, oh, Māori are forced to just forgive and forget, even though there's no sort of justice yeah. for yeah, there's no those justice. that have suffered. So, yeah, I, I, again, because I'm ignorant, if there were people ripped off, 100%, like 100%, they should be paid back. Even the signing of the treaty and also um, the signing over of land, it was like these stories that 
the British or the missionaries or whoever, um, they got them drunk and got them. They, some of them didn't even know the English language, but they probably had these translators True. and they're going, this is what it thinks. And then they get an X, get them drunk, sign it. And they lost all of their land and yeah, some of them were forced. And it's almost like if you think about your house, someone came and robbed your house, took everything of your house or kicked you out. No, no, let's no. say someone came to, you went for a holiday, you went up the street, someone came, inhabited your house, stayed in their house. You came back and you're like, hey, this is my house again. <coughs> hey, this is my house. And then um, let's say that house was a million bucks. And then you're trying to fight for this house. You couldn't, you die off. Then you're maybe three generations down, your grandchildren find out that was your house. And they're trying to fight to get their house back. But mm. you go, no, this happened ages ago. Um, this is not your place anymore. Like, how would that make oh, you feel? Oh, well, that's ugly. You know, 100%, any injustice should, I think they should be like compensated in some way for people that have been ripped off. It just gets tricky. Bar that, bar that though, like, I don't know. I don't know, like just Māori people in general, like maybe because there are people that haven't been ripped off, eh? Or is every single Māori person being ripped off? Because if there are people that haven't been it's ripped off, it's closer to everyone being ripped off. Oh, then, 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 yeah, then the other way around. Oh, well, this is nothing. Quite go, Pete. Teach me, Pete. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not. I'm not well versed in, the, in terms of politics or even the, the treaty. I'm just putting it out there because I know because I know it's important for, for our us. Yeah. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's important for us as as, as Kiwis, but also our Tangata Whenua, uh, but all Kiwis in, uh, in New Zealand. Yeah. And so it's important to, know, to understand the history. I think, uh, and it has been uh, been in the airwaves and on news. That's important for us to to understand the treaty. Um, yeah. And like you said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if the chiefs were were drunk or were forced to, to sign this one page document to say, oh, okay. Uh, equal rights and your, your property, all these, all, the, all that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know that. But going back to, and I, I totally agree. Injustice, if there's injustice, and I, I can understand because to the colonization, there's some things that, yeah, as Kiwis, we're not very proud of, or some of the history in terms of the British, uh, the British Crown or the British Empire, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I'm just thinking, where, where does the buck stop? If mm. it's like, ooh, in terms of reparation, where, is, oh, what level of of reparation does this fund or this E we have in terms of and I don't know um, guys I'm I'm just I'm a Samoan so I might have I have no business <laughs> talking about this <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but yeah please forgive me um, my my uh, my my Whenua, you know uh, our brothers and sisters and uh, and so we're just having a conversation yeah and so and no in no way are we trying to disrespect uh, the Whenua yeah. at all we're trying to understand and we're trying to understand, understand together but also having this conversation maybe it might bring some light to actual reasons as to why and make us prouder as Kiwis and bring some harmony for us to come together as one um, but in terms of reparation where, where does it stop in terms of I don't know I don't know maybe it's uncomfortable but how do you pay them you know, yeah how do we pay them how do we, how do we pay our because that's kind of what's happening I think from understanding the Waitangi Tribunal like they work through the reparations and uh, you know working to pay out um, iwi that have been you know done wrong um, historically um, 
And you just reminded me of something. We had a recent PD at, at the school that I'm at, shout out Rowandale, um, and it was with um, Dr. Simone. She does this thing called Walk the Wall, and she has like a history of, you know, the colonization essentially. And one of the examples was that within 20 years, like 99% of the South Island had been sold over, sold, some of it, you know, not done ethically, um, but negotiated um, and been sold off to you know, you're to colonizers essentially. Um, and she gave an example of um, even yeah. things like laws being changed so that law, land could be more easily bought by Europeans back in the day. So, for example, land back in the day was community owned. So the Iwi owned it or a whole tribe owned land. But then they introduced this law where it couldn't be owned by a community. It had to be owned by like 10 people or less. And by doing that, it made it easier to negotiate the sale for different aspects of that land. And then if there were debts that needed to be paid, then they didn't have to go to the community and figure out a way to manage debts. They could just negotiate with the people that had been put forward. Um, and oftentimes these people that were negotiating, you know, they weren't very connected because the iwi they're representing down in Wellington is, you know, hundreds, you know, days travel on foot. So there were lots of room for negotiations and laws even put in place that would put Māori at a disadvantage, especially when they've come from a history where their language is oral, you know, mm. largely oral, and then now you've got these laws that are written down and even with the treaty and titiriti, like the, I know there's a difference between, the, you know, with the translations, um, and that's where some of the friction lay yeah, with, yeah. Yeah, with, with the treaty. So I think going back to reparations, I'm like, why not go as far, you know, whatever it takes essentially. Cause I don't know if we can, but can we truly move forward if there's going to yeah, be bad blood, exactly. you know, that exists within our country. Bro, uh, like the, it just goes to show that like we have an ugly history, like you sort of alluded to before. And I know the way forward is really to look back, see what's, what we've done wrong. The ugly parts, like we said, I didn't, I knew nothing about that whole South Island thing in 20 years. Most of it was sold. I mean, that's, that's args, bro. You know that's not right. That's right. wrong, bro. That's so wrong. And if our government did that, they made laws, made, enforced laws so that, you know, they, they could really pick apart some of these iwis and, and take the land. Sorry, I'm scared I'm going to lose this thought, so I'll just say yeah, it. Say it, say it, say it. Um, one of the things that I thought was so interesting, you know, people, there's a stereotype that, um, you know, Maori like to drink and there's domestic violence in the home. And um, one of the things that they talked about was that, you know, during the war when they made it, mandatory for Māori to enlist and go to war. And then they came back from the war. I think it was the stats were like something like 100,000 went and like 58,000 um, died or were injured from the war. Those that survived had to come back and just go straight into civilian life. No like counselling or Damn. like unpacking. It was just go straight back to being a worker and a civilian. And when times got tough and they had PTSD or whatever other issues came up because they didn't know how to cope, they turned to the two comforts that they learned in war, and that was alcohol and violence. And so with nothing else to cope with, like how do you cope? You do what you know, and you know alcohol and violence because you had to go fight in a war where those were the only two co things, the only two ways to cope in war. Um, and then that whole narrative of like, oh, Māori loves to drink, and you know, there's always domestic violence in the home, like that's been perpetuated over generations now, and it's just the story that, you know, the reality of is just they had no other way to cope. They got thrown into a war that they didn't really have. It wasn't their war. 
and now they've come back and this is the story that gets generated in media, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Bro, so in terms of like the way forward, education, like educating the general public of like some of these things that have happened, I think is, is really, to me, is the way forward. People need to know about this. So it was like, cool, how do we deal with it? As opposed to like just labeling them, oh, but they're just alcoholics. They just Because that is the tricky part is like one bit is knowing it. Once you know, it's like, what do I do then? Like, what is an everyday person? Like, how can we help fix, you know, even if our intentions are, we do want to bring balance. Like, I don't know who has the answers to those questions. But. <laughs> what would New Zealand look like if it was co-governance? Or what would it look like if it was led by uh, the people of this land? If we had a uh, te ao Māori view of of doing things what would it look like i reckon it'd be beautiful yeah, and like, that's the thing they've never never tried it we've tried, tried it one it. way we haven't tried it the other way yeah yeah and so you imagine like there's a lot of um there's a generation um of um maori that are learning taking back their language they're learning you know um, the way of life and they're really you know they're really proud and going back to some of those old ways and and when you look at them man they're so amazing like just imagine what it would look like in this country if then how how do we as uh, Tangata Moana like uh, feed into that like, mm. I think we'll have I don't know <coughs> I think well, the well, thought of it's beautiful and just yeah. the way navigating through it. And the, but right now, it's just like, it's just one dom, dominant way of uh, living. And you know, oh yeah, I don't know. That's just a thought. Yeah. What does it look like, though? Like, would they be, would they have a set of rules for Maori people? Or would it be like just for I think everyone? if it's co-governance, there'll be just more of that cultural aspect brought into the into the foundations of how we live. But I think it'll be cool because it would set us apart from the rest of the world. Like it would make us really, it'll give us something really unique if as a nation we're embracing the culture of tangata whenua, like the people that live here. We all, I know it'll be uncomfortable because, you know, it's changed, but we all have no, we all know, and we've all seen people that are Pakia pick up the reo, get embedded mm. in the culture. Like it can be done. Mm. It's just uncomfortable to change. And I think it's going back to that, to honoring the treaty. Mm. Like there's a way of honoring that, and uh, I think once we figure that out and allow the right people to take lead, and hopefully, you know. Things change, but man, that's know. a that's a virtue that I think is largely lost in the chaos of today. It's like honor, mm. like that's something that we think you know exists back in the day, but maybe not so much now. But I'm like, where is the honor of New Zealand? Like, where is our honor? Do we have honor as a people? Can we truly look at the, our relationship with Tangas of Whenua and the hardships they've gone through and be like, yep, we're honorable people? Like, we have this clean, green New Zealand, but, like, where's our honour? Do we have it? I don't know. Even, yes, there's a good point. In terms of honour, do we honour? Do the people who've who've pledged and written this and signed this document, do they honour the treaty? 
in and, and you're right. If there was, it'd be quite utopic in terms of oh man, what a co-governance that can come together as one in, in, in harmony. Mm. I think you said it, Charles. I think in order for that to ever exist or ever even happen, is you need to have the right people in these positions. Mm. You know, we can have oh co-governance. That's going to be awesome. I can imagine it'd be such a good, uh, you know, in terms of as a country coming together. Um, but if you've got the wrong people, regardless of how good it, it could it could uh, be or look like, you know, you're having the wrong people in that in that um, those specific positions, you're going to do it custard. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I believe if we got the right people of the right heart, um, in terms of the right vision, in terms of honouring uh, the Fenua or Kiwis across the board, whoever they are, it could could happen. Uh, it can very well happen, but in terms in, until we find the right people uh, and and the right people in these specific positions, then I think we'll be um, will be an ongoing saga. And so, mm. Fano, you know, apologies if we are kind of treading on people's toes, and you think yeah, these guys are no, <laughs> these guys are no shite <laughs> we'll about, take it, man. yeah, we'll take these it, guys are like, no shite don't. about the treaty and all that kind of stuff. Totally understandable, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll think it's not to. Um, bring forth any uh, anger or make people feel, think, oh my gosh, these guys are clowns. We're just here just having a conversation. Yeah. Um, and we're not that proud. We're not proud to, to even say sorry. And if we are wrong in terms of some of the things that we're saying, then uh, apologies in advance uh, to our Tangata Whenua and all the iwis out there and, and those who are well-versed in the Treaty of Waitangi. So, yeah. But oh, cool. in saying that, um, this is a great opportunity for anyone that's been just watching this 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 conversation. Like, it, um, it's a good time for some education. So, if mm. there's anyone you recommend that you would want um, on the podcast for us to have this conversation around uh, the the treaty and um, Maori injustices, or anything, yeah, it would be great. Send them those recommendations so we can reach out to them, and then have the salon because it'll be great for us. It'll be a good um, refining uh, moment for our men, um, especially us um, Maori and PI, um, and just people in general. And it'll be awesome because obviously a lot of us, um, some of um, this um, these topics are nuances to us. So it'll be good to um, see. Um, what a um, deeper understanding of the, um, our history and um, the treaty would be like what what how how would it um, change us as our perspective and us as men so mm. yeah oh, send in your oh. recommendations comment DM and um, yeah we'll, yeah yeah thanks cool. thanks Pete. I don't know oh. if we um, answered that, was, that, that cool. article, uh, but um, hey, we, did, we didn't answer. But I think it was cool, cool conversation, honest conversation. Yeah, and yes, if there's a Komatu out there who knows that, or anyone who's well versed in the treaty, please um, hit us up, and uh, we call it educate, Try educate, yeah, educate us. It'd be awesome. True. Jay, okay. who's going <laughs> Anything? Um, I saw a headline. I just went. For the headline that sounded the most interesting, um, <coughs> excuse me, and it was working incomes, lack of empathy, sending people back to jail, and it was the story of this guy who had just gotten out of prison, um, and he was trying to get some support for housing, 
Um, and one of the workers told him to like go rob a bank. And yeah, then it was just started this whole like thought process around wins and their you know their lack of empathy sending people like part of the reason we have bad statistics with people in prison is because the people that are supposed to be helping aren't helping or have a lack of empathy. Ooh. Damn. Wins, oh. man, wins. Uh, they didn't sponsor us at some point. Imagine that. Mandate sponsored by wins. <laughs> sponsored by MSD. Keeping people oh, on job seekers. <laughs> What's interesting? Oh, man. It's, it's funny because, like, I feel for the people that work in these organizations that are supposed to help, like, the people in the trenches doing the day-to-day because everyone has bad days. And I don't know the full context of the person who said it or what was happening leading up to it, but, you know, we've all had bad days where we've said stuff that we shouldn't have said. Mm. And so I always try to think, like, oh, maybe you just caught, like, yeah, it's a horrible thing to say and, you know, could have upset someone's life, but at the end of the day, yeah. who knows what that person was going through. So does they, does they actually say that? Um, Jay, this yeah, is, yeah. The, the guy recorded the phone call because... Wow. He'd been trying, I think one of the bits was um, they'd put him in housing that was like a small, like a halfway house kind of, but it was like with people, he just had a bed in one room with other people and he was a recovering drug addict, Mm. but the people in the room were doing drugs. So he decided to live in his car to distance himself from it. And that's when he was trying to get support for housing. And then it just turned into this, whatever it turned out to be. And he was saying like, you know, he had a bed in prison. Like he had more space, you know, meals, water, a bed compared to being out of prison, trying to make it and just, wow. Yeah. Man. Well, here with that person is, man, shucks, come on, man. If you're in that position in terms of wins and kind of, because what was he, was he just looking for housing or was it just for for benefit? Looking for housing. Hey. Still. Uh, okay, you have your bad days. You have some moments, where, and you might have, you may, have, you know, there, there could be some some truth in terms of people coming in and trying to play the system in terms of I don't know, mm. housing and benefits, and you might they may have come across, I don't know, people like that in the day to day job, uh, but for him to say that still, that's that's harsh, man. That's mm. you still want to keep a level yeah. of professionalism, man, in your work. So no, yeah, he's he's out of line. he's out of line for that one, man. Mm. Out of line, man. I think you need a level of empathy when you're in that position because one, MSD already have like a bad reputation in terms of um, the support and just um, just some of the stories um, throughout the years of how people have interacted with. Um, it used to be social welfare back in the days. So. Rebranded it. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and I know there's some amazing people in there that make some changes, and it's really dependent on the worker. Um, <coughs> and you know, when you're when you're a frontline worker, you're dealing with uh, similar issues constantly. So it's easy to like uh, build up this frustration and sort of paint. And label everyone the same, um, but everyone's stories different. Um, you know, for a lot of people that um, require assistance, it's shaming for them. It takes a lot of courage for someone to uh, want the help. 
and to go and and try to get assistance and you know you're treated like crap especially if you're you know just got out and you're rock bottom and and you're treated like rubbish uh, you're just gonna yeah so i don't know how do we do better as a government agency and also as a a society to really support one another because um, it ain't easy on both sides but I just feel sorry for you know our system sort of um, needs an overhaul clean slate they're in a weird position because you bring up a good point like um, in terms of their image to the public like if everyone at uh, MSD do their job and there's success all around like you won't hear about it. Like no one's oh, been yeah. like, "Oh man, yo, I went to MSD, had an <laughs> awesome thing. They hooked me up and got me through this tough period." Like that's awesome. You never hear those success stories. Mm-hmm. But if something goes wrong, man, everyone's like, "That's what sells. That's what people want to hear about." Like, man, I can't believe um, these guys, you know, did this to that person. The system's broken. And I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate here because I don't actually know. But I just think they're in a tough place, and a lot of people that are in organizations that are supposed to do good like perfection is almost expected like you expect no issues um and that's why when something goes wrong that's the story that like you mm. know that we hear about mm. so i just yeah i don't know my point is i just point. feel for them like, i think that i think a that's way. a good point because i don't know i mean everyone's been in, in some kind of job where like they've had to do things they don't want to do and yeah like we don't know like, like you guys have said we don't know what that person was going through and it was very unprofessional for them to say but like, you know, they may have just been screwed over by like five or six people before that that are just trying to rip them off and, and, and play the system. So, you know, they, that person said it out of a moment of weakness and it was unfortunate. But you're right, there's not enough success stories talking about how they really helped me through this period. And I don't know, it'd be cool to see someone that's like a, of some kind of celebrity status actually give props to MSD. Give props to the government, like man, they helped me when I was I was on welfare, I was a bare bottom, and I broke my way up. But you're right, we only ever hear about the bad stuff, and it's that's kind of the problem. I think is is that we only sell we like the government, especially. It really only gets brought up if there's something negative to say. No one's ever praising the government for what a fantastic job they did. The last time I heard that was maybe the way Jacinda first handled the first lockdown. The first COVID, and then after that, she just fell off the rails, and everyone hated her. But you know, I was a big fan all the way through. <laughs> just, just but uh, yeah, casual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of like, just looking for assistance, like I've been on both sides. I remember there was a time where full time study. Um, it was you know I wanted. I felt called to go and pursue the study and I wanted to give it my all, but, you know, um, we had to get the sister. I remember getting the reels on our rent and didn't have a vehicle and so it was, didn't really have much support. And then, you know, when you, <laughs> when you're like sort of rock bottoms, like, oh man, got to um, sort of put, put away your pride. And, and I just remember feeling shamed, man. I'm, I'm in luck. I'm not supposed to be here. I knew someone um, that was a MSD worker working in the office because you're like, yeah, you're there. And I just remember trying to hide my head. I was mm. going to give my forms, and it was just embarrassing. But 
Um, but the process was long. You got to wait phone calls. You got to turn up to appointments sometimes. And so it really depends. Like there was an awesome lady um, that was at the front counter who was um, Cook Island. And she was good. She smiled at me. She said, oh, I'll take your stuff. I'll process it straight away. And, and you know, those type of workers really, you know, took away some of the stress mm. that I, was al- I already had. And, um and, and so yeah, I've I've benefited from, um, um, you know, the the support from government, um, and it's helped me to get into the position I I am where like I'm now, you know, I, I get good salary for the work that I do, um, and I'm now debt free. But that's because of you know a lot of um, the people. That I've aligned with and they have supported me and the decisions me and my wife had to make. So, you know, when I look at um, government assistance, it's supposed to be there to give you a hand up, not a hand out. Mm-hmm. And and the, the moment we start being becoming dependent on um, the support, then it disables us as people. And then, and yeah, and so like I'm a big advocate for it, but it's like, man, use it. You know, I, I, I just hope on like on the support side there's like always remembering like this individual that comes to you like it might be similar to someone else's situation but they're different you've got to personalize it like always clean slate in terms of like who comes to you because their story is different and help try to go even beyond like or support this person because they don't want to be here <laughs> Otherwise, we're gonna always get this dependency or this hate towards the system, and and people are gonna fall through the cracks, and and so yeah, no, I sound like I want to get into politics or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we got to do better, and that's why every time there's a government change, I always worry. But a lot of our people get so stressed out about man, this person's in labor, or this person's in government. Everything's over, all doom and gloom. Okay, bro. Since when did us people um, give so much power to the the system, to the government? You know what I mean? Like we as people got to empower each other to, regardless who's in power, you you have the resilience, you have the um, the courage to make your own path. Like use whatever systems in there to support you to get your leg up, but don't depend on them. Mm. Don't allow them to take the power away from you because some of these sisters are put in place to marginalize us and keep us in our place. Here. Oh my gosh, oh, then, it, how are we going to do this? Let's go. man. For the most part, it was you know, when you went to Wins. Did you, uh, did you, you sound like you had a good experience. Whoever, whoever was in the front. Uh, whoever Just, yeah, I think. Depends who you dealt with Because I got angry at the person That I was talking to on the phone They'll send me somewhere And then they And then You're supposed to sit with a case manager Whose desk is here And the next desk is right there And you're supposed to be telling them a story And if the person in front of you Is already prejudged you You're like Embarrassed on top of embarrassment And so you just want to get out there And then you wonder why people turn to drugs People turn to the patch People turn to um, Making money illegally And why people would rather go back to jail Because so And 
but then I've experienced and witnessed like working alongside MSD um, and other agencies like some amazing people that want to make a change that in that position mm. so we can empower people and you know, knowing that value each person that comes to them and trying to change system to make it much more accessible and easy for our people and so yeah and so just last year the last two years and i know since covid like there's been a lot of change and i know there's some key people and positions that are wanting to flip msd on its head and the only scary part about that <coughs> is just this because they were making these changes through a certain government now that we've got a new government like i wonder if that you know takes them back a few years or so yeah, uh, there's so much going on in the background but i think me as uh, us as you know as people of service is like how do we empower mobilize our people to regardless of who's there like how we can get the proper support for them you, you brought up a good point in terms of like like you know the whole national labor thing i think jamie and you had talked about it before but it's, it's kind of stupid that is it every four years yep. three or four it's years three years in new zealand Three, three, four. I think it's four years, but um, regardless, if, if Labour's in there, they're like, you know, we're going to do this 10-year plan, da, da 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 and then National gets in later, then it's like, bro, like, what happened to your plan? Like, scrap that, we're going to do this whole new thing. So you have, like, a lots of half, <coughs> half-done jobs, you know, nothing's really been seen through to the end. And it's just, fine. It's just annoying. It's just dumb. Like, Unless it's really good and it's making changes, then depending on who gets into... The new government, they will see it if it's beneficial. They'll carry it on. Like Kiwi, Kiwi Saver was brought in by Labour years ago, and then whoever changed into it saw it was beneficial and kept it. Mm. And you know, so it's, I don't know. It's just like, why do we have to have these two main parties? Why can't we have a? That's why I yeah. always vote for the underdogs. Like, underdogs, yeah. yeah. Just because I'm like, yeah. it's always the same too. Just, just so we're gonna start our new party in the next <laughs> mandate. FTP, FTP for the people. Not what you're thinking, but for the people. Yeah. It'd be cool if there was a coalition with only the small parties, <laughs> like no Labour, no National, just all the small parties come together. Jeez, that's the, that's the good thing about coalition because. Nothing gets easily passed by just one true. member. If yeah, it was just true. one Majority, member, yeah. no one's arguing over it. But these are three strong personalities, so it'll be interesting how that goes. But it'll be good, you know. Having Uncle Winnie there might push back a lot of things, and or well, might not. But just wait for mandate. We got you. <laughs> Commission to help you. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Jeez. I can't remember what the original. Oh, it was the MSD. Yeah, no, so yeah, shout out MSD. to all our awesome MSD workers, you oh, guys. Hard, you know, even though I said all that, like I know there's some good work that you guys been doing, and um, keep at it. Um, but if you have a coworker, you know that they're useless. Then hold them accountable. Dob call them, them up. <laughs> Dob them. You know, and the, not just MSD. <laughs> if you're a youth worker, social worker, I'm calling all of you out because. If you're in there for the money, like the money's good. If you have a good heart, you know, you know your worth. But man, you're we're not you're not dealing with a a product. You're not selling 
uh, a product. Well, then you're in the the business of people. You're in the business of care. So get your heart right. Get your head right. Um, always treat people with respect, regardless of where they are, because man. You know, you're there for a reason to help each other. Always look at them as like, oh, my dad's come to me. My mom's come to me. My sister's come to me. Like, treat them like, oh, for some of you, you know, family members are a trigger. But whoever is really significant to you, like, would you want them coming to you for their mm-hmm. support? You treat them. Yeah, so. That's cool. Charles. Sorry, oh, my gosh, this changes the topic. <laughs> Who's got our next story? <laughs> nah, you summed it up well, bro. Yeah, man. Nah, I think there's two. Also. Oh, did you have a story? <clears throat> oh, there was one. Um, what was it? Uh, I only read it today. Again, because we don't watch the news. So, uh, <laughs> because of that comment, I looked it up. Um, Amanda Turner. She was a nurse. She worked. Uh, uh, she worked in the, as an employee at the Wai Raparapa. Wairarapa District Health Board <laughs> employee, and she was let go in twenty twenty one for posting, yeah, for posting anti vax information on Facebook. And so I thought that was interesting. And then she appealed it in twenty twenty two, lost, and then she appealed it again last year and lost again. So I think she's booked for March this year to appeal it. But it just made me think, like this whole like freedom of speech type thing. When you when you have a career, when you have a job. There's certain responsibilities that come with that. And so on social media or publicly, maybe you can't say really what you want to say. And I just find that like, that kind of sucks, eh? Because Jay, as a teacher, does that frustrate you that you can't really speak your mind? It frustrates me hard out. Like, that's one of the things. I wish you could separate like Jamin the teacher versus just Jamin, like just me. And I should be able to voice my opinion no matter how radical or, you know, Offensive it might be If it's truly what I feel I should be able to say it But I think because of that responsibility Because of that influence I have As a teacher And influencing young minds Like I can see why I have to be careful But it doesn't make any less frustrating Like I hate it Like I hate that I can't be truthful to myself All the time Which is half the reason why I stay off social media I just Yeah I can't say what I want to say, so I'm just like, say I'll nothing. say it to the people in person if I see them or like, you know, in my own home where I know I'm safe. But yeah, it is frustrating. And there must be lots of others that feel the same way. Like, is it similar? Do you guys have that to some degree in your roles? Oh, man. That's a good one. Who's Depends uh, what's on my contract. <laughs> <laughs> Depends who it is. Depends on the situation, I think. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I totally, I totally understand what you're saying, Jay. I think there's some things that you want to say that you feel con, kind of constrained or restricted, and maybe because of the backlash, or maybe because you know the the reaction that people are going to have. I think, um, and but also for me, it goes down to what what's the point? If I say this, is this going to be the beneficial for just for me, or is it just? Just uh, for the sake of everyone else that that's there, or uh, whoever's listening, and so it is. It can be very frustrating because you want to say. Obviously, even in, in what we do in the podcast, there's some things we I do want to say, and there's oh maybe not because you don't really, you want to be treating light, but also there's there's also the, the damage control, all that kind of stuff. Who does it affect? Does it just affect just me solely, or does it affect my my wife and kids or my my friends? And so it's, it's always there's always a fine line. But in terms of freedom of speech, what you're saying, Brad. 
there's a truly, can we actually say that true freedom of speech when we can't say certain things? And if we do, we get chopped at the knees. Mm. And so that, like that nurse, does she, she, did she get fired? Yeah, yeah, so she was, she was let go. And that's why she appealed and then failed. And then she appealed again to another court and she failed. And if she does, she's, if she, she has a law, she's, she's going somewhere to court this year in March. If she fails that, then she'll have to pay like twenty thousand dollars in, Damn. in um, for the legal costs. Legal costs. Mm. Well, well, kudos on her for just speaking her truth. Uh, obviously, mm. anti-vax, uh, but if, yeah, I think if you're going to put yourself out there, you're going to have to be very, very wary of the, of the consequences and the cost. There's always the cost when you kind of speak your truth, mm. and um, if you're willing to pay the cost, then by all means, yeah. Say it, but if you're not gonna, you're not willing to pay the cost because you can see the, the ramifications as to why you're gonna say this, then maybe it's best to like, because she's lost a job now, lost a job. She's gonna might have to be high court, pay these fees. Uh, but maybe, maybe for her, she's kept her integrity, her mm. integrity and her um, dignity in terms of oh, this is what I believe, this is my truth, and that maybe for her. Uh, but yeah. yeah, big big ups to her, man. Well, Having that fight, yeah, she she really believes in you know. Oh, she probably felt re- it was uh, there was a lot of injustice of how she got let go. So um, fighting for that man, that's commendable. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do you think she should have been let go? Depends on well the specifics. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. so, so when, when I was reading through. The article they were they were saying that like there was like within some of the posts they were I was part of some group or whatever but they were, it was kind of informal like so there were some memes yeah and they were like it wasn't everything she said wasn't necessarily backed by evidence so to speak and as she was like a lead person in that role there were people that looked up to her that were employees as well they're like nah we gonna let you go but that's sad eh because that was her you know social media that was her page. Mm. Getting fired for something that you've said on your page, like, I think that's not fair. I had this conversation with my brother, Richard. Shout out to you, Richie, down on Welly. But he works for... Um, oh, National Library. The National... Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no DIA. DIA. Yeah. What is that? The Department of Internal Affairs. Internal that's right. But he was saying that he can't have... Like, he can't go openly say what he wants to say on social media because he works essentially for the government in, in, in one way or another. And so there's a responsibility with that. And it's just like... I talked about it and he's like, yeah, it does suck, but it's all, I guess it's all part of it. I think if it's stated in your contract or if it's not, then mm. you should know the consequences yep. if you like. But if it's not, then and you have every right to say what you want to say. The thing I like about um, the UFC and Dana White, he allows his employees to... You know, they have the freedom of speech. He spoke yeah. about that recently yeah. um, with Sean Strickland, eh? Like, <laughs> him personally, he doesn't agree yeah, with 95% Sean of it, Strickland. but he has a right to say it. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's one guy. You should say his name, Sean Strickland. That's one guy who doesn't give a damn, man. Uh, he, yeah, I see. Oh, did, you see did you see that one? Oh. Sometimes you think there should be some people that should be let go, but he's a perfect, you know... Um, then what's a perfect example of just, you know, th- who am I to tell them what to say mm. and what to do? Unless it's like, 
something else like if it's a court of violence then obviously yeah. like for sure you know that, that that's not good but anything else if it's just your opinion uh, yeah i sort of wanted to sort of like tangent off that to just like i don't know i just we almost feel like we're at a point now in the society where especially with social media and whatnot you say anything and people are like if they don't agree with your view if you say something it's like oh i i like um i like national bro you might get comments for days like bro your mother, bro, I hate you. Death like threats. Death threats. It's like, damn, man. Like, we can't just yeah. agree to disagree on certain things. It has to be just all or nothing, eh? It's like, you're my friend, or I hate you. I want you yeah. to die. I hate, I hate your kids. Like, you know why? Because back in the day, you had to say it to people's faces. And so it was like, oh, no, I'm not going to say it to that person. But now you can be like, bro, if that guy, what are you going to do? You can't get me. Yeah. Like, kind of thing. You can hide behind the screen, or not hide, but you can but say stuff that, and be. Has that translated now, I think, into like, face to face now people are too polarized in real life now do you think as well i don't know if you guys have seen no, those like I, feel, I think so i think people are way more cautious about saying the wrong thing in person like everyone's so worried about offending people in the crowd or people they're talking to that they'll play it safe they'll censor themselves first before they mm. like it's come now it's drifted down to us personally i think i agree which is which is sad because you know you can't be your authentic self now you can't even say certain things because you don't want to offend someone it's like, it seems like left right and center everyone's offended by a little something that you might disagree on or your just specific thoughts that you have and disagree but it's it's um it's, i think that's what made it beautiful in terms of having discussions mm. you know we just talk about things oh i disagree and why why do you disagree okay i get it and i think that's it's a, a cool way to to learn from each other if anything, is oh, I said, why? Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Maybe I, I agree now. But now it's mm. like, no, I'll, I'll defend my stance to the death. And I agree, even to the point of being wrong, I think. Mm. You know, people are like, oh, no, I just agree. And knowing very well that's, oh, no, that's not true. But I'll still stand with this because <laughs> because it's my truth now. I've just, relativism. So, oh, what, what's true for you is true for you. It's not necessarily true for me. Uh, but I'll, I'll believe in this and... What you said, I think we're, we're having to the honest conversations and, and agree to disagree mm. and still be civil. But I think we've gone to another level where people don't want to be civil anymore because they're defending. They're so caught up in defending their their notion or defending their their opinions that they can't even sit and listen. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe there's some truth to that. I didn't get that mm. and learn from each other. And how awkward is it when that mixes with? Family, Ooh. like when yes. the family talks, because like you can't just Ooh. cut family off casually. But when the family discussions get heated it's and true, people bro. are picking a hill to die on, like man, then it gets bro, you're so right, Jay. I feel like you two are both speaking from experience, <laughs> <laughs> especially with my brother. <laughs> oh man, figure we've gone away from like saying something and getting the hiding for it. <laughs> that's another good point to like no consequences not fighting, oh, no fighting anymore nah. yeah <laughs> like, oh, consequences though like consequences that is a big thing like lack of direct consequences or instant consequences like where you just think oh you can get away with it and then that snowballs into like let's see how far we can push it but there's definitely like some kids where I've seen them at school and I'm like man like back in the day, would have gotten a hiding. For that. <laughs> yeah. like that wouldn't even be a problem. And I'm like, but if you got a hiding, like you'll be all goods. 
We just need one hiding. But, <laughs> but obviously not from me or whatever. We're just give it, it to Mr. B, Mr. B. Uh, give it to us, <laughs> bro. Give it to Mr. B. If you're my class, bro, watch out now. <laughs> it's funny, though, because we live in a time where, you know, we censor people, but we censor certain groups. Ooh. You're allowed to, you can't talk about one thing, but you're forced um, you're forced to um, agree with someone else's opinion over something else. Well, just say it. What do you, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> just say it for you. I know you have an nah, example. We'll wait for our taboo, um, taboo oh, okay. discussions yeah. on another, another episode. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Like, uh, we can. Mm. You can't speak against. Which I get, but. <laughs> What say it. We can't speak against like gay or transgenderism or other stuff. Um but it's easy for people to come and attack your faith. Christians are the most hated people or hated group um into in today's society, I feel. And I get it because of some of the messaging that's come across and the way it's been delivered and but it's like, shucks, you, um, I can't go in on you or have an opinion about my belief, but so easy for you to attack um, my faith in my my church. Oh, man. That's, All right, let's start. It's going deep, man. It's going deep, man. Um, I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying, um, Charles, in terms of uh, you know, certain groups or whoever there may be or certain um, organizations say, hey, this is what we believe in, and they to the point of even imposing it on you. That yeah, you, this is what we believe in. So you got to go with what we believe believe in. And if you don't believe in what we believe in, or our opinions and so forth, then you're the one with the problem. Mm. Uh, which is which I'm seeing a lot of, uh, and I'm just being honest. Uh, there's there's some issues there. There's some beliefs out there and values out there. Yeah, this is this is it, and if you don't. You're not with us, then you're against us, mm. which just doesn't give room for any conversations. In terms of, oh, what's why, why, why do you believe in this? Why, and no, no room for understanding. Mm. Um, but they want to be understood. Oh, you don't understand us. Well, I want to understand you, but if you don't understand us, then yeah, there's going to be no, no discourse. I'm immediately thought. I think of um, Israel Folau and sort of what he went through at that time. Uh, it was probably a f- couple of years ago now, but just recap it for those who might worked in that Let's go! Let's go! Is he? Does Does Brad's comments go, carry on? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us your truth. <laughs> From I, I'm not a I mean, you guys might know better than me, but all I know is that he was asked a question, and uh, because he he said he's Christian, he was openly Christian. He was asked a question about gay people, and he said them along with other people. Like, you know, um, would go to hell, according to the Bible. And then he got mad backlash, bro. And then I think he got, like, suspended or he got dropped from the Australian team. But it's, like, based on, like, and he's just saying what he believes in. Like, he's like, it's not even, well, I don't ever make these rules. This is from the Bible. So it's, like, and so people got mad offended and he got cancelled, I guess, to some degree. Damn. So I was, like, damn, that's. Yeah, he shared a scripture. He shared a scripture, yeah. I thought that was pretty. That was pretty wild. 
that the man spoke about his faith, that's no news to anybody. Anyone that has been on earth knows about the Bible to some degree. And he got cancelled for it or he got, he got dropped. Maybe it was in his contract. Maybe, Ma- yeah, know. okay, maybe if that was the case, then, you know, he did uh, break yeah, his contract. I, I, I was torn on that situation. Because one, like if you're reading that scripture, it talks about all these other things, which I've fallen, like, you know, um, there's like drunkenness, um, sexual, yeah, sexual morality, uh, fornication, yeah. and but everyone went on the gay. The gay. But then I also like, uh, I remember thinking just the way Christians like went into bed, like you, you sort of like dismiss uh, you sort of de- demonize or demoralize like the people of that particular community and just the way how everything came out so I don't know I'm a bit torn like in terms of like the conversation that was being held like like for me like I might not agree with your values or the, your way of living but I st- I'll still respect you I'll still love on you I still can coexist with you mm. um, providing that there's this respect like I don't need to and then we start yeah I don't know it's a whole wait, different wait, wait, wait. So, so what are you saying in terms of Israel Falau like uh, are you saying that he wasn't respected or do you you know or, or do you, were you saying that he's he wasn't respecting the other side just because of the what was happening during the time I'm trying to rejog my memory but I remember how everyone went in and um, attacked. Or how everyone was like, oh, he's right there. Like, you know, he was right in the sense of the scripture, like, and cheers. But it was like, there was a series of events where it just felt like you were just targeting this, um, this community. The LGBTQ yeah. community. I don't know. I gotta go. I gotta go. Yeah, it was, it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, a couple so, of years ago. I just remember being torn on it because I was having these conversations with um, my Christian and non-Christian friends, and just the way um, I felt like it, the way we were, um, the messaging was like were really um, demonizing. Um, was it was he demonized like you know, was it him or was it the way the media had edited well, or you know what I mean? Like that, that's what misconstrued yeah, the information. I think the media made it worse because I thought there was way worse things that was happening during that time, but they never got the same uh media push or scrutiny that Israel got. Which that was that was another thing I was pissed off at. So it was like, man, you got yeah, he got put through the ringer. I don't think he deserved. Um, if he he didn't deserve what happened to him, like yeah. But then I don't know. Everyone's got an opinion now. It's like you should not <laughs> say that. You should win on your platform. You, your influence. I was like, bro, what? What? If you're not a Christian, why do you care? That's what is shit. Honestly, like, that's where I'm coming you, from. Hey, eh? like if you, uh, if you. Um, Know your truth if you believe and, and and confident in your identity. What why do you care about someone who's playing rugby 
in, in, in what he shared. What does it matter? So we, 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 during that time, that's part of the whole cancel culture is like we've um, become accustomed to like protecting other people's feelings instead of like knowing that, yeah, you're resilient. That's your identity. Yeah, sweet. Be strong. And then like, and then he's yeah. like, gay people, they were like, cares about that. But then, you know, the argument is like, you know, the young people that are like um, on the fence around their identity, you know, they could see that. And they only see that because the media had pushed that stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh, this conversation. It's going in circles, <laughs> eh? <laughs> That's good, man. Back to you, Pete. <laughs> no, no, it's, uh, I think it's cool. I think it's cool. Um, maybe uh, 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 we could, I guess we could look at it a different way and say there were several ways that Israel could have done mm. uh, done that on social media, uh, regardless of what our thoughts and how we would have conveyed that message. Uh, sad to say that. Uh, just that I agree in terms of they just took that one one issue and made it and and just kind of highlighted that. Just the core focus, the sole focus was that focal point was against homosexuality. And they left everything else, the other sexual morality, I drunkenness, know. murder, all that kind of stuff. And sad, it's sad. And maybe Israel could have done it, uh, had done it a different way, but sad that in terms of freedom of speech and all that kind of stuff, and then sad that he got kicked out of... Australian rugby mm. seems like a missed learning opportunity. Yeah. Like yeah. in terms yeah. of like they could have sure. used that to like bring the community closer and just build a mutual understanding and a mutual respect. Like you were saying, like you know, even if you don't agree, you can still respect yeah, the difference yeah. and be like, yeah. oh, cool, like that's how you live your life, all good. But it just shows mainstream media how much they attack that story. Mm. <clears throat> I remember it was every article, yeah. every Tom, Dick, and Harry came out and attacked. Israel for what he said and my question is if he was white would he have got the same mm. scrutiny or mm. if he was Muslim would he have gotten the same scrutiny I reckon if he was white he wouldn't have yeah that's my opinion because I <laughs> there was some uh, NRL um, Australian players they have done some stupid stuff um, like drinking your own piss. Uh, <laughs> cocaine. Cocaine. And then uh, you just see one story and that was it. Just, yeah, you're right. In terms of the level. The level. The level of, of punishment. Uh, you have him getting kicked out of the Australian rugby, rugby union and then not being able to play in the World Cup. Man, this this guy's a beast. Mm-hmm. 100% beast as a... As, uh, and you look at the other guys in different leagues or different um, codes, sniffing cocaine, abusing, beating up their women. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. And yeah, and some of them, were, you know, the punishment wasn't even as, as severe as what as what Israel got. So there's a fine line of... Interesting. Yeah. There's a fine line in terms of, I don't know, if you can call that injustice or you call that there's different levels of consequences and which one's worse than the other? So it's the yeah. story that sells it. Like I imagine they reported True. stories on other people doing it, but the one that got the most clicks was that one. And then after that, it was like more people wanted to hear it, replay it, new perspective, chasing him down, trying to get another take on it. Like there's just so much that happens behind the scenes about why certain stories pick up. 
it could be things like, you know, dormant racism where like people are just attracted to stories about mm. a minority that's doing something crazy or a Christian all-star player that's brown that's said this one thing that's controversial um, versus like, oh, you know, typical Pakia dude who's doing all right. Like that contrast of ideas, like that identity just sounds more interesting on a paper or on, you know, in the news. So I don't know. <clears throat> this year, look at players like Jerome Luai and um, who are some awesome characters. Just look at the level of um, of coverage in terms of what they do and how society tries to mould them. Because that guy got, um, you know, he mm, got, got hate, the hate. ringer. He got so much hate, and that's a lot to do with people's perspective and a lot of the media attention that was put on them. Because they didn't like a certain way, certain character, and how our boys like um, like to. You know, have fun and be themselves. It's like, oh, look at him. He's not, he's a bad sportsman. sportsman. But I bet you, if he was not brown, it would be different. And I'm saying that because none of y'all, none of y'all, none of y'all, sponginess. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's my opinion though. Just got to remember that to, to put that disclaimer. That's my opinion. I do not speak for every other Islander. Um, just me and myself. <laughs> that's cool. Nah, that's so us. important to put in there. Eh? Like all of this stuff is our opinion based on our, <clears throat> excuse me, based on our lived experience up until this moment of time. That is what we perceive mm. as, you know, some sort of fact or what we think about truly. And that's what the, sh the show's all about. It's like having these conversations where we can say stuff that might seem out of pocket, but we're simply trying to understand better. And we can't yeah. gain better understanding if we're not willing to throw something in the ring and like mix it all up. So It goes back to Pete, what you had said before, I think, um, about being able to agree to disagree and, and just that, like in this day and age again, just not being able to fully express your ideas openly knowing that like bro you might be offended but it's all good because we're trying to we're trying to discover truth here you know you're going to say something that's com that I, I think is completely wrong i want to say something you might think is completely wrong let's try and understand this like i want to find out why you think that's the case so that i can be educated and you might change my mind you just got to be humble enough to to have your mind changed instead of just like you're saying like oh no nah, i don't care what you say that the earth is flat like Stuffy. I was literally about to bring that no, up because yeah, I'm like, how open-minded? Like, are you open-minded where you're like seriously consider looking at like things like flat earth? Nah, like I was literally saying like, open-minded, you know, flat earth is just dumb, G. Nah, but my wife Sully is like, hun, you need to watch this video. Am I convince you? I'm like, oh, bro, hun. My perspective it. is there's no circle. There's no flatness. We're the universe. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like that's not my opinion that's truth <laughs> that's from the book of Charles <laughs> but yeah I think you know for our viewers if you're new to our platform like we have these conversations that um, you know we, where we try to seek to understand rather than to disagree or to, you know, just to talk 
for the sake of it. Like, hopefully, and you will have guests on here that you might not necessarily agree on, but it's just to give you, you know, different perspectives mm. and whatever we say, please. Like we always share, it's like take everything like a fish. You take in the flesh and you spit out the bones. You use what's relevant for you and you just spit out um, anything that you can't consume. So, that's me. Yeah. That's cool. Shadows. <coughs> Shadows. Yeah. Well, it's a good segue into. Uh, oh, wait, was there one more? No. That was no, no, it. That was it. Oh, yeah. That's cool, man. That's good, man. The next on our agenda was uh, what's taboo. I think so we spoke of a few taboo <laughs> subjects there. <laughs> so we're gonna do a taboo taboo um, <laughs> um, um <laughs> segment. Where we're gonna talk about stuff that are really uncomfortable. That uh, and also it'll be uncomfortable for us to share. But uh, I don't know. Um, what's the outcome? What, what are we trying to portray here? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I think um, that was the idea of one of the ideas of this show here, mandate without the guest, is just that hopefully we can model for people, for men and people out there, just to have your own conversations, have your own circle of friends where you can like, you can talk, you can share ideas, you can agree, you can disagree, but I think just being able to sit down and talk can change. I think we can make a difference really in this country. All around the world if people you had said something before it's like strong families make strong communities strong communities make strong nations strong nations make a strong world and so like if we want to change the world we've got to start on like a small scale you know within your own home and then if your home is in order then you can expand to your friends and you can all sort of support each other so we're just trying to model this hopefully yeah. so that you guys can go out and have your own mandate conversations whatever yeah and especially those taboo subjects that it's hard for us to talk about like mm. the uncomfortable. We're trying to become comfortable in the uncomfortable, and there's probably stuff that you know a lot. As men, we don't talk about like we shy away from addictions, we shy away from our emotions. There's probably so, certain topics that we disagree with, but we hold it in um, because we don't want to, you know, offend anyone, or we don't want to look like that guy that's like, oh man, I don't know about that, and. You know, be sh you know a lot of shame. So if we can sort of um, have these conversations, hopefully, you know, it resonates to someone and it allows gives you the the freedom to have your own type of knowledge. And so, if you are still watching this. Comment around some taboo mm. subjects you want us to talk about, mm. and some taboo subjects you want us to ask our quest, our, our guests. And uh, I think we'll pick one for today. Does anyone have one? Mm. Uh, how big is your penis? Nah, sorry, that's more of a. You know, people we honor, um, keeping this part of private. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> so, I mean, that's why we go you know, in the changing room. All the balance out. Just like, but I mean, we keep our shorts on. That's how. But I think it's more of a. You know, this is only for the significant one. Yeah, mm. only gonna share the gift, this, the gift, the honourable part of me to 
the one that you're gonna lay your life for. Is that, is that well, do you share your one with everyone else? <laughs> no way. <laughs> Can I tell a joke? Because yeah, it's a B subject. I'm gonna tell a joke. Oh man, I'm gonna get cancelled. <laughs> I feel so. You can't get cancelled, G. You're uncancelable. Okay. Oh man, hopefully, please. The segment is an R18 segment, and so um, kids block your ears. Kids block your ears. Parents, if your kids are listening. <laughs> Just skip through this. Damn. But this is a joke I learned at primary. So how bad is this? <laughs> Can I share it? Let's yeah, go. Okay, it's good. called the strongest penis. There was a Maori man, some more man in Tongan, man. <laughs> Cancelled. Cancelled. No, they were sitting no. around the podcast, bro. And they were talking and they were like, you know, you know they don't know what to talk about. And then they go, boom. Let's see who's got the strongest dick. And then the Māori man goes, oh, yeah, I got the strongest dick. And then he grabs the the branch from the tree and he goes, look. And, he goes, and it breaks and then the tongue man's like, whoa. And the tongue man goes, I got the strongest one. And he goes, get the bar and he goes, look, boom. And then it bends. And then everyone's like, whoa, that's me, bro. Then the salmon man, he goes, you stinky. When I got the coconut, and then he goes, look, and he, goes, he cracked it. And then, it, you know, cracked open. And then the boss goes, sterile. And he goes, Oh. Bro, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> this is the oh, no. <laughs> In primary. Sorry, uh, I can't remember he told me that joke, but we might cut out this joke. No, out from this We're keeping this, bro. You know what those jokes say when it's like our three men, like body man, song and banshee. All the jokes back in the day, man. Okay. Sorry, guys. That's crazy, yeah, man. Oh, man. Hopefully your, princi- your, princi- your principal's nasty, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> That's how we made our coconut cream back in the day. That's why Simon's got the best coconut cream. Six eight five, baby. <laughs> oh my god! So I'm scared he's gonna watch this. Please forgive me. It's okay. It's, Wait, a, joke, a, it's a joke, It's a joke, bro. Hey, come on. It's a, it's just a joke from the from the reef. So it's <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay. There's jokes we can't tell anymore. Because it's racist. As soon as you say, there was a morning man. Yeah. man it's racist. As soon as you get into the accents. <laughs> bro, bro, your accents. Bro, your accents are low key on, G. That was solid, bro. The Modi man, the Tongan man. I was like, that's exactly what Tongan sound like. Bro. Wow, that's bad, bro. Solid. You're racist. <laughs> <laughs> Not, <G. laughs> okay. Oh, man. What's that to be? Was it? Was it? Oh, I don't know. I think what we had to share was quite taboo. Drake was a bitch. Oh man! Oh man! Just trying to think about like taboo. Like the initial thing that came to mind just before when you're like, how how big is your dick? And you're like, oh no, we save it. Like we save it for a significant other. How often do you use it on your significant other? Like how often do you have sex? Oh, Ooh. Ooh. like like in terms of taboo, like that's pretty. 
That's really to. He's not gonna be like. I think for me to share that, I need my wife needs to be in the conversation. Yeah, 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 fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't want to be talking about that because I don't want to show off. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want. I don't want these DMs. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want anyone to get jealous. That damn, they've been married for twenty years and they fought nearly every day. For, you know, because I know, like, when you're in a long relationship, sometimes you know, they uh, might lose the flame, and some lose people, that, you know, passionate. their passion. And uh, all I can say 20 years, your passion again, might still fresh. Bro. Oh my god, oh man, man, still, still like, yeah, still fire, eh? still fire. Um, it's my wife's on crutches because like coconut. Eh? <laughs> Dang. Nah, but yeah, I don't want to put my wife on blast. Nah, yeah, that's me. That's me. What advice but would you give to people in terms of like long distance relationships that like are struggling with that? Long distance. Oh no, no, this long term, long term. Sorry, long term relationships. I'm not saying that as if it's me because I don't have that problem at all. But you know, let's carry on. I, I'm not the, <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm perfect in relationships, but in terms of my experience, like, my encouragement is continue to, you know, uh, remember why you guys fell in love, mm. keep it uh, interesting, always have your date nights, um, always prioritize your relationship, like, they get so busy that you neglect each other's needs. Sometimes when kids come into place um your kids become the priority or they become first before your marriage mm. and it's like um i remember learning that you know our children are an extension of our love doesn't mean i um love them any less it's just that i need to prioritize this relationship um and to in order for me to be the best parent, but the best model for what my children will end up seeing. So, you know, always, um, yeah, and my wife, she's amazing, like, in terms of patience and um, allowing me to grow. I think that's a big one for our men. Because, you know, our women are strong. Mm. <laughs> oh, wait, Jay, just to catch you up, we were just talking about, um, oh, yeah, to you, I remember I was like, oh, how big is your penis? You're yeah. like, oh, now we save it for our, our, our spouse. Um, I was like, well, well, how often do you use it on your spouse? Like, how often do you have sex? And we're like, oh, I don't really want to say, but you're saying it's often. 20 years, still often. Pete, Bro, twice man. a day? No, there's no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Thrice? No, that's good. That's good. <laughs> no, that's good. That's, that's good. Uh, thrice uh, a year. <laughs> <laughs> twice every two years. Um, Bro, that's a, that's, a, that's a good topic, bro. Um, but I think the question that comes to mind, and I'm not, not deflecting, is in terms of our females, is it is it in terms of if we want to have sex, is it on tap for us? Because, hey, mm. hey, man, I just, I want, yeah, he's just, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm in the mood, I don't know. I'm in the mood to have some sex. Is it on tap? Or is it like... Cut off. Cut off. Because that was going to lead to my other piece of advice is like um, having that control. Because if you look at your partner as a piece of meat, they're going to feel that. Mm. And like, um, and then, you know, as men, we get that sexual frustration. 
it's like, okay, if you're not going to get it, then what are you going to end up doing? And so I had to learn early, like, man, how do I control my sexual desires? Like, do I, am I controlling? Or do I make her feel unworthy? Or do I, and so it's like, there's this. So I like what Pete said, is it on tap? Because it's, well, what do you? Yeah, what does that mean? How do you unpack that? Yeah, what what are your thoughts? Like, if you like, you want to have sex, you're in the mood, and your wife says no, like, eh, she should just give it. It's, mm. you know, we're one now. Yeah, yeah, we're one now. It's it's like this is my right, and you should just. You know, I have a need to fulfill. You know, just give it. Some people think that way, and some people think nah. You just have to be. You have to compromise. You just have to. You know. That's good. What's 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 the consensus from from the brothers? Is is, is it like, hey, no, you, you should, or man, I have to wait now? It sort of made me think of like I had this question before: was like, can you rape your wife? Like, is that possible? Ooh. Definitely, but like, possible. no, no, but no, you, oh, can. Yeah. you can, you can, you oh, can. But yeah. like, but initially, I was like, what? That's your wife. Like, you have six of her. Like, you're allowed. Like, but it's your right as the husband. But yeah, no, for sure. I don't, I don't know. Uh, wait, Pete. Going back to what you're saying, is is is, she, is your wife's like is she on tap? Yeah, are, are you asking like like when you want when you want sex? Like, hey, just, just just give it, regardless of how you're feeling, what's uh, going on throughout the day. Just give it. It's to your me. right as the my husband, right, my right as husband to 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 get it. To just, if just it is, it. is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well, yeah, you're right. It depends in terms of who you are as an individual, as, more so as a man. Because some people think, no, it's that's the way it is, and people might think we're misogynistic or male chauvinists even talking about this what do you think is it, is it wrong for us to say hey woman one six I don't care what, what's 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 happened throughout the day I'll give you time or do we like I feel like the dynamic is important to consider eh? if that's your dynamic and it's equal it goes both ways and it's consensual both ways like, I don't see why not if that's how you work. Because not everyone can have the same dynamic where it's like one set of rules for every mm. married couple out there. So, if, I don't know. From it my comes, perspective, I'm like, if it works for you both, you both have equal input in it, you can both demand it like that, and the other's happy to jump on board, like you have that kind of dynamic, then why not? Like, it's cool. Yeah. I don't know. <coughs> man, you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed, man. Yeah, and I'll be tired, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, damn, that's too much. I'm not a piece of meat. <laughs> Words no man has ever said. See, no man's ever said that, G. I'm not a piece of meat. What do you think? Come and have. Okay. <laughs> See, every time it's like, yo, <laughs> I, I'm not a piece of meat. Okay, I'm not a piece of meat. <laughs> Bro, you know that reminds me of um, what's his name? Um, is it Robbie's character on um Sione's wedding? He had it was that similar oh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a piece of meat. Oh, but oh. You can, so that's a good question. You said is it wrong? Was it wrong for us to? I don't know. There's a fine line in terms of demanding and forcing to the yeah, point of you better yeah. give it to me that. Uh, but like you said, Jay, if your wife is it, if it's consensual, then hey, all good. I think this is cool. But um. Because the danger of that is that level of control. Mm. Even though, yeah. You're like, treating her like your property, yeah. if that's the case. Eh? Like, you're my wife, hurry up, like, submit to me. Like, it says in the Bible, she submit to your husband. Like, imagine how many relationships, like, ah, yeah. And it's like, you know, are you having sex or are you having... Making love. Yeah, making love. 
Are you on tap or are you having love once a once a month? <laughs> I don't Bro, know. just a tangent off that. I'm like, how do you like when with kids? Like, I just imagine when you had like six kids. Like, how are you making time to make two more? Like, where do you? And I guess that's for any parent. Like, because sometimes when I think back to like you know yeah. our family. I'm like, bro, when I think of our youngest sister, I'm like, bro, we were living at Nana's house. <laughs> Mom and dad were living, they were in the living room. I'm like, bro, what <laughs> what the hell? Sending us to bed and then doing whatever. I don't want to think about it. You just, you, just, you just become creative. I think. You just become creative. <laughs> How many times do you go? Can I play? I don't go see. <laughs> But you just like like Pete said, but you gotta get creative, eh? Like you know I think I get denied more often now than before because before I was like, you know, yo Hans spot that time, like Let's do it. Let's do it. Nah, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what an acting stuff, and my wife's not here. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to come across like Bro, this guy's come across as thinking I'm the man, but it's far from the truth. There's probably heaps of times. <laughs> no, I'm tired. <laughs> Finding. <laughs> yeah. well, tell us, well, I think this is cool. Have there been instances where? You've really wanted it and said, no, I can't because I'm tired or whatever reason it was. And he's like, Phew. and you are sexually frustrated. Like, damn, come on, man. I think I'm better handling it now. Can you dig it? Are you cheating? <laughs> no, no, I don't do that, bro. I don't do that. I don't do that. Are you cheating if you go to your head? Nah, this is, well, we'll go back to wait, that. Wait, wait. There's wait. a whole different conversation. Are you thinking about your wife? No. <laughs> Hey, you better be thinking about your yard. <laughs> what was the question again? No, oh, well, there's been instances where you've hit, oh, you've wanted, you wanted to have, to have sex, and she's like, no, because of whatever reason. Definitely. And you're like, damn. So what? So what did you do? How did you deal with it? Or how did we deal with it? Play my games. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant like. Nah. <laughs> I, I think if I know, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so taboo. Say it. Uncomfortable. I know this is months ago. There was, you know, if you knew you're gonna be sexually frustrated, you start becoming like, and you know they're not under me. You start becoming like, uh, you start putting your own strategies, and it's like, okay, I'm not gonna go bed together because I know I want to, so I'm just gonna read my Bible first before you go fall asleep or watch TV in the front. I'm gonna play the game, mm. and then when I see, okay, I'll just slide in and go sleep. They start coming to that. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping down. Oh, sorry, I was dreaming. <laughs> oh, I remember. You want to go to the pool, eh? I remember, um, like, there was a time where I learned about, like, uh, having control, you know, and having self control. And just those virtues of like self control is like, and so learning that is like those times I was gone, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like because it's a discipline to to have self control. So 
I think when you're been married that long, you gotta have to you know you learn stuff along the way, but it's never e- still never easy. But mm. such a good question. I think I think what you said what you said about the strategies. There's another way to put it. I think there's strategies to make her in the mood. If she's not in the mood, oh, you know what bro, I mean? Like romanticize bro, her, bro. Like do dishes, bro. You want to yeah, get you get lazy, <laughs> massage the peachy, <laughs> do some dishes. Wow, bro, see like. now they know all the cheat codes. <laughs> Dude, it's gonna be like you're messaging, you're massaging my feet. Oh, is this what you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so good. <laughs> yeah, especially if um, they're a person that's ex of service. Mm. Yeah, love languages. Yeah, love, love language, bro. You better be mowing the lawn. That's why I think I told. I guess yeah, you just go like, okay, bro. Six starts in the kitchen. Oh, if you ain't cooking, mate. If you ain't cleaning. Don't be expecting no, um, yeah. Nothing turns on a woman more than a man that's cleaning and cooking and being a girl. <laughs> just joking. It's just oh a joke. Okay. Talk too much on this way. What are your thoughts, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so we started with Charles? Are we going this way? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think for me and um, me and my wife, I just now, when she initiates, then you're down. But now I just don't. I mean, also because after our second child, I was like, it legit scared me. Like, obviously, not very good self-control, but just the thought of having another kid, like, scared me and put me off the act for ages. Like, even now, sometimes I'm hesitant because I'm like, "Mm, not worth the risk. Like, (laughs) But I just struggled hard as a parent to the point where, like, it just carried over mentally in the, yeah. But yeah, now it's just... If my wife initiates, then yeah. But I just, yeah, I'm still not at the stage yet where I'm initiating now. But yeah, I mean, damn, Moose, you got good self control, cool, hard, bro. Far out, jeez, Pete, make me feel guilty now. <laughs> <laughs> guilty. I heard when you get sexually frustrated, you paint. There's the wrong paintbrush, miss. <laughs> Why are we all paintings of men? <laughs> oh, oh no, man. man. Jeez. Oh, no, that's no, but man, I think for me, like, I, I agree with what you say, uh, Brad. Uh, and I think it's just because she's, she's, she said it to me, she said, Oh, she's got cool, man. Just when you're in the mood, you do something, you, you affirm, affirm her, mm. you know, kind of. I don't know, you just say certain things just to get her in the mood and whatever, uh, washing the dishes, whatever it is, help her, whatever. Uh, but I still I still do. And many times, even now, like um, just recently, just sometimes you just get sexually frustrated in the mood and obviously we live busy lives. And, oh, she's, and then it's like, okay, I understand. And I have to come to the realisation that, man, you got to be considerate. Mm. So uh, you know, just okay. If I wanted, I'm not gonna force it on my wife because it's not even, it's not even love making anymore. It's just mm. like, you know, it's, it's a chore now. It just becomes a chore. I just hurry up, just get over another. Thank you. I don't like that. I don't like yeah, just uh, just have, just have sex for the sake of having sex, and that's it. And just the chores finish. Yeah, I really, you know, I really pride myself in terms of let's, let's make love because we're, yeah. we're married. You know, it's like, art for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do quick sketches, bro. Paint brushing. Yeah, man. This, <laughs> but in terms of frustration, man, I do. I get frustrated. I get to the, even to the point of being fali. Mm. Like, man, come on, man. 
And even to the point that sometimes I have to try to be kind of quite um, creative in terms of or maybe creative or maybe kind of quite manipulative as well because you want it and if you're not getting it. And so, um, which is which is probably the negative part of of being sexually frustrated, you know. Um, but also, um, I'm very wary of, of my wife's needs but also very, very, uh, very wary of... Of the things that we do on a day to day basis, she's obviously she's a very busy woman as well, and we've obviously got kids. And so I think, like you're saying, Jay, you know, when both parties are in you know, consensus and they both want to do it, oh man, it's magic! Beautiful. It's mm. magic, man, because you both want to do it. Yeah. You know, both want to share the love with each other, um, but it still doesn't change the fact that it still gets you know, she's frustrated. frustrated. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you don't get it. You know, so it's good. I think it's good, yeah, even though it was so uncomfortable to talk about. <laughs> and then we're putting it out there. I know, if I want to see it, what are we thinking? I feel like it's good to have these conversations. It's so good. Um, it's good to hear everyone's yeah. experiences and because I can resonate with a lot of it. And then and you imagine men out there like who, man, like the negative side of being sexu- sexually frustrated and feel you can feel like, Oh man, do you not want me? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Man, something wrong with me. And then sometimes you gotta think about man, the you know the woman's cycle, the emotions. If they've just had a baby and all that stuff is like it all plays into it. But we sometimes as men we th- feel like we take it so personal. It's like oh, there's something wrong with me. Do you not like me? And then as soon as you know another woman shows you attention, then. And then that's why, mm. you know, we have a lot of broken relationships, but there's so much that goes into um, this part of the relationship. And if if we can start getting a bit more comfortable, talk about it. You imagine how beautiful relationships can be and how much tools that men can get. And like, well, for Jay, like, you know, you can have sex without your daughter. <laughs> What? Probably <laughs> <laughs> just for a second was like, Charles is watching. Explain that to you. Don't worry. It's an art form. But uh, do you know sometimes. It's funny when you look back, though, like. <laughs> to your younger self like just if you knew what you knew now like the things we did back in the day because we didn't understand like we never talked like I never had this talk with my parents yeah. about sex and that and so a lot of the stuff that like I used to be really ashamed of that I did when I was younger was like actually that could have been avoided if like you know my dad or my father or even my mom like just somebody mm. came and talked to me about like this is okay, this is not okay, this is what's expected, this is how you, you know, that sort of thing. Like, did any of you have that discussion? Oh, man, no. No, no, no birds of the bees, man. My talks were from the cousins. Yeah, but remember, they're still young too, and whatever they're experiencing, who taught them? So whatever they're teaching me, I'm like, (laughs) and... TV is not a good teacher, man. Just look, I remember watching something on Fresh Prince. You know, oh, I can't remember. There was an episode. I'm sure if Will was teaching Tim and Campbell the blowing the ear thing. I thought that was a thing. Like, like this tomorrow. 
And she goes, hmm, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, you're sharing too much, man. These taipoo, <laughs> get us in trouble, man. It is important. Though. I think it's worth highlighting that. Yeah. Sex within a marriage for sure. I think it's, personally, I think it's essential. But maybe not. Maybe there's there's people that don't like touching and, you know, they're both like that, then that's maybe okay. But for the most part, like you said, it's an art. I think there's a, it's like communicative. Is a, but it's one of those things, like, you got to be willing, and you guys have already said this, we need to be willing to have a, a conversation with your spouse about this stuff. Like, if you're not getting enough, like, sex, then you tell them, like, Han, I'm pretty frustrated right now. Like, things are pretty, pretty hard, but... You know, you gotta at least be able to have that conversation. Otherwise, you're just gonna look elsewhere, either at porn or you're gonna go mm. to some brothel or something. Can you? How how important is sex to a relationship? Can you have an intimate, deep relationship without regular sex? Me personally, no. But but like, I think for the for general, yeah, yeah, I, I think you can. For sure. Do you guys reckon you can have an intimate relationship without sex? <coughs> without regular sex or just without sex? What did you say? Was regular? Or? Regular. Yeah, with life with us, yeah, oh my gosh. I don't want to think about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I couldn't, but you know. I don't know. Like you can? I, th- I think people couldn't, yeah. You okay. guys? Oh, probably. <laughs> Should we do a 100 day challenge? No, nah, don't. Not keep. <laughs> be the rut, man. Be the rut. <laughs> <laughs> be stuck in the rut, man. <laughs> I, think, I think you. I think you can have an intimate relationship, uh, but I think the, the in terms of sex, that's I think that's pretty much the utmost part of being intimate. It's the kind of that level of intimacy that man. It's just very special in terms of. Sharing with, with each other, your spouse. Yeah, you can be intimate, have these conversations, deep, meaningful conversations and affection, all that kind of stuff. But I think without sex, it's like, uh, this is, it's, it's, it takes it to a whole new level. There's vulnerability, eh, within sex, obviously. Two naked bodies, bro. Like, it's, pre- it's pretty intense. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's months it, bro. <laughs> but and, I, <laughs> and you know how we're saying it? I feel like, you know, the word sex has been like sort of. What you call it? Diluted. Diluted over what, you know, what's being portrayed. Well, there's like negative stigma now attached to sex when really, in essence, it should be. And so when we're talking about it, like women might listen in on a podcast, go, oh, these guys talk about sex. But like the beauty of sex, Mm -hmm. there's such a beauty, deep connection. Um, The way, you know, when it's done right, um, and as believers, you know, we believe that's between, um, you know, your wife and husband, the confides of marriage, like how beautiful and intimate it is when you get to that level of intimacy. Mm-hmm. And it's just reserved for your loved one. And man. It's just a shame that word sex has just been like yeah. dragged um, through the mud, bro. You got any tips on... Um, <laughs> nah, we were good. <laughs> Jesus. Brad, what's your favorite position? <laughs> Do you remember you know you know how you got eight kids? Yeah. Do you remember each position that they were you know oh. that they led to it? 
they led to you? Nah, uh, there's there's no way, G. It could have been many times that day. Like you know what I mean? Could have been the figure four. <laughs> could have been the sharpshooter. The figure eight. The Boston grab. Boston grab. <laughs> oh my. Okay, sorry. That is just. Does yeah, there's, there's, there's no way, bro. There's Wait, no way. Was she awake? I mean, maybe for some of them. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? My poor wife. That's what I'm saying, man. Oh, oh man. She's amazing. Oh, my gosh. She's okay. amazing. Do not do any snippets for this. <laughs> this is only reserved <laughs> for, those for you have our real team. listeners. Yeah. If you're tuning in and vault. you can't see this, Kapai. Let us know how you have sex. <laughs> Using Bam. emojis only. Describe your favorite six position, and we're gonna guess what it is Yo. on the next episode. Oh, a few moments later, yeah, it's been cool. I must say, it's been different talking about like this whole t- taboo section. It's been weird talking about sex with other men, married men, obviously. But yeah, I've, I've, it's been pretty weird. Um, I think it's important personally, I think it's important for relationships, especially like for marriages. Um, so, woman, if your man's doing everything he's meant to do. And you're still not giving him any? Come on, man. Half a brother. Ouchie. Like, yeah. Some some men are unfortunate, I guess, in that regard with their, they don't know. They get married and they realize, oh, this chick's stingy. Stingy with the mingy. No, she's not. She's not. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. 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 I'm just, bro, it's I'm just a never, joke. I've never heard that never. before. Bro, it's just a joke, bro. I swear. I swear. I'm just joking. But yeah, yeah. I just, I feel, I do feel for men that, Really do they do everything above and beyond, and they still don't get any from their wife. That I find that sad. If that's the case, of course it comes down to your relationship, and everyone's different. Um, but yeah, definitely talk. <laughs> Sorry, Jay, you're still, still <laughs> recovering no. from stingy. Like you just raised another question that I'm just. What what is it? Say uh, pretty much like names for our private parts like what do you call a vagina and a penis do you call it that or do you call it you know there's lots of different names for it mm. and just hearing you saying stingy mingy just made me think because me and Ke- me and kez or me and my wife will always talk about how like that's the worst word to describe a vagina like oh, m- minge min- like it just sounds like, uh, i don't like the sound of it like it's just cringe at the minge yeah. <laughs> if you do that that's not a good sign eh? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't have a name. Do you guys have a name of your diddle? Yeah, like even that diddle. Oh, penis, the, cock, dick, the, the bro, like, the bro, <laughs> nah, <laughs> the hammer. <laughs> oh, sorry, me and the other. Jeez, I don't think. No, I don't have a name. So you're talking about it? You just call it. A penis? I think it's ghoulies, eh? Ghoulies? Ghoulies? <laughs> Is that a- yeah, there's an old saying this. Ghoulies. Um, sounds like cooties, like germs. <laughs> <laughs> you want the cooties? Yeah, ghoulies, the ghoulies. You want the ghoulies? Oh, damn. Or Bull of the Oh, yeah. Actually, that one sounds familiar. Nah, just, I think, just cock. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's weird saying it's the so word. Weird, like you're just not used to saying the word in the open. Yeah. Let alone on camera. <laughs> Say hello Dude. to my little friend. <laughs> sorry. This is months. Sorry, sorry. I took us on a second. I can walk back to you. 
Do you know what's your final words? <laughs> Just talk to your spouse. Talk mm. to your spouse. Every every couple is different. People might go months without having sex, and it's fine. And it works for them, and it's all good. Some people need sex every day. Yeah. Just as long as you and your spouse are all good, then... But it is important, personally. Yeah. Final words. Um, <clears throat> now, shucks this... Um, Talanoa has been different because, like you said, uh, one is taboo because we don't really talk about it amongst other men, and not as you know, back when we were younger, you know, you're showing off, get oh man, yeah, yeah, but um, you know, one thinks they're cool and look at sex differently. But I think this conversation was pretty cool, it was uncomfortable. But um, in terms of just sharing and and looking at my own um, like self assessment around um, my sex life and when I want it and how my wife feels and just being um, conscious of each other's feelings and not prioritizing like making it the thing. The, the deal breaker of our relationship But making sure that You know she feels valued And that um, The making love part Is the extension of you know Our love and Our worship oh. <laughs> I just want to praise God right now <laughs> Is that what you mean oh, Sorry 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 sorry, sorry. <laughs> But let's My bad Again, again, <laughs> Brian, one of those Zionists said, um, nah, jinx. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, yeah, that's my final words. Sorry. And, um, I apologize, I just want to go on the record and say, I'm sorry for that. That was disrespectful. Get those, sorry, come back to church, bro. <laughs> you will be safe. Oh. Yeah, that's me. Thanks, Shadows. guys. Shadows. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, final thoughts that come to mind. If you're a father and your children come to the age where they get curious, man, have the conversation. Mm. It's going to be uncomfortable, but honestly, they will be better served in life. Like that moment of being uncomfortable is not worth a life. Potentially, you know, teen pregnancies, things like that. Like, not saying that they're all bad, but. You can be, your children can be more deliberate, more informed if you sit them down and have that conversation, no matter how awkward. Um, in terms of as a marriage, man, I just communicate. Find the balance that works for you and your partner, your spouse, and sometimes you have to give a little to get some. That's just, it's unique to every relationship. So find what works for you um, and work with it. What do you mean? <laughs> Man, Shot Jay, this is awesome, Jay. Uh, final words. I think it's important. Like you said, I think it's important that we have, talk, we have these conversations. I think even to the point of normalizing it, not in the, point of, in the sense of being vulgar and obscene mm. and crude about it, but just being mature about it. I think it's been cool for us and liberating for myself to have the conversation ar around sex or sexual frustration, all that kind of stuff. But I think it's quite liberating and that we have these conversations. I know we banter, we have we joke, 
But in no way are we trying to disrespect any woman yeah. or uh, our wives and so forth. Um, but I think it's important that we have these conversations as men uh, and be open to it and, and learn from each other. Uh, it's It's been really cool to have this without um, having you know, those, those conversations where it's kind of sexual and sex is this and that, quite degrading. But sex is beautiful, especially uh, between uh, a spouse, husband and wife. It's something beautiful, but something special, something um, precious. And who better than to share it with, with someone that you love? So, yeah, I think it's been good. Uh, yeah, yeah. don't be afraid to have the conversation. It's, it's, mm. it's liberating and can help as well and educating as well. And just remember to DM us any topics, taboo subjects you want us to discuss, whether it's addictions, could be porn or gambling. Or we might not be the experts at it, but we'll definitely have a view or some sort of experience. And hopefully off these conversations, we can sort of bring in some um, guests, yeah. some guests to specialise in that area or, yeah, um, and they can sort of, um, yeah, uh, have... Uh, Deeper, or like a further conversation around some of these topics. Mm. So, shop men, shop others. You made it through it. That was a stingy, hardcore, wingy, stingy, stingy, Winston. Okay, so what's next? Last one. Let's sort of chicken on our ruts, eh? All right, challenge. For those who don't know, RUT is an acronym for Refine, Unlock and Take Charge, um, which has been our mantra since we've, uh, since we've started, I think, for the most part. Um, and so it's just, if you have a goal, or like if you've been in a RUT, what are you going to do to refine, unlock and take charge of your life so that you can aim toward a goal, if there's some sort of goal, 2024 or moving forward? Um, who wants to kick it off? Um. I think I can't remember what I should. <laughs> I figure I was vaping and drinking, it. Mm-hmm. and so what I've done to, um, in terms, I'm trying to get my health right. So if I get active and then um, and my spiritual, especially my spiritual wellness, I'm really tapping into that to really um, brings down you know my need of the fleshy things and. Yeah, and then hopefully, because I want to go 100 days without alcohol, so um, it's been four or five days. Yeah, um, I'll let you know if I reach 10 or 15 days. So see how we go. I know eventually I'll get off vaping because, yeah, it's not good. So yeah, that's me. Nice. I just gotta keep uh, each week. Just gotta keep on refining it, and then hopefully the unlocking part is that I feel better. I feel much more fresher. Have better mind space, and then but I just gotta take charge, like do the discipline. And, and so I'm currently on a F45 Monaco start the challenge next week. So I've just. Rejoined this week Slowly getting back into it Getting my Eddie Rye Fasting with my wife Um, So We'll see how we go Nice Sure Jay 
Um, I'm trying to remember so what I said last week. I think I said something about balance. At least yeah, that's balance, the balance, balance. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, because I have such a horrible habit of saying yes to everything, it's trying to say no. Um, or at least be more considerate and purposeful about the things I say yes to. So um, I have said yes to a couple of things, but I've taken my time. I didn't say yes right away. Um, so one of those is... Uh, Signing up for Tereo lessons because that's still something I really want to be able to do is speak Tereo. Um, and the other is uh, to help with uh, 3D printing. So it's stuff that will be cool for me to know, but also it's stuff that I can do in the school with my kids. I can bring their stuff home um, and I can help out at home as well. Um, the other thing was like finances because that's always the thing that scares me is like being more balanced with finances because that influences my spending which influences my health um, so just being like we started um, shopping like click and click on pack and save so now we're just shopping online because honestly the amount of times we've gone in for like a shortlist and come out with like fizzy drinks and ice creams and all the treats we're like oh yeah we'll treat ourselves all good and then we get the bill we're like no wonder we're broke you know for next payday so just trying to be a bit smarter and like leverage the things that are out there so that it's impacting us yeah in more positive ways so that's helped in terms of home cooking which has helped in terms of like prepping getting my breakfast in and having my morning routine so i've started doing just little exercises at home because budget's tight and we're trying to cut down so it's just like literally three sets of 10 push-ups 10 dips 10 crunches 10 squats and that's more than i've done in the longest time so it's just taking my time to build myself back up so since last week it's been pretty good pretty balanced and i feel happy so Shopper, loose. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. My rut was um, obviously health-wise. Beginning of the year hasn't been a, hasn't been the best. Uh, just yeah, just been a bit of a crazy beginning of the year. But I, I yeah, last year has been the, the worst in terms of uh, fitness and health-wise. And so I've just I've been going to the gym uh, last week. Started last week properly, and also. Uh, this week as well, eating, eating is still I still got a, a ways to go in terms of eating because you know just the, the eating habits has been quite bad. Um, but I I too like Charles am doing the the, the F forty five Monaco Challenge, Coach uh, Joe and Coach D, yeah. props to them and mm. um, yeah and so looking forward to the challenge and looking forward to towards the, the progress in terms of losing the weight and losing the gut and this rut. And so um, yeah, so far it's it's been good, um, but otherwise, I think throughout the the weeks you, you'll probably see more of a development in terms of of myself and hopefully shrinking, and getting rid of this this gut. Nice, nice. That's, yeah, but that's meals. Shopping. My rut. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, I had my last blaze yesterday, which I'm pretty proud of. I know it's. Uh, I was thinking about it. Eh? I probably smoke weed. Every day for like, I don't know how many months, bro, like three, four, five months, nonstop, bro. Every day I've been smoking weed, so it's like, it's pretty ugly. When I think about it, I'm like, damn, I'm 30 and I'm still like, you know, got this addiction or whatever. But yeah, yesterday was my was my, was my last place. So I'm determined now to like be a man of action and get things done. 
because I think that's been my my biggest problem. You know, I'll have a place, I'll get inspired, I'll do this and do that, but nothing really is completed ever because I'm just always too stoned. And then it gets to a point where like, ah, it's just too hard. I'll just I'll just chill now. So yeah, so I'm yeah I'm gonna come out and and hopefully you guys can keep me accountable with that because I I really I I yeah I've I truly believe I've closed that door. And I want to move forward. And so anyone out there that's struggling with um, giving up weed, you're not alone. Like there's a whole bunch of us for sure. We've had guests that have come. I think David Obita came and said he, he struggled with it as well. So I was like, damn, yo, like you're not the only one. I'm not the only one, but yeah. Um, and so from here, um, I've already started working with, I don't know if you guys know Jules. She's recording. She's They've got a uh, a stage show She's she's music directing for. Bring it on! I think it's called. It's, it's showing this week. Oh, it would have been last week when the shows. But I'm doing a song for them, so that was cool. To sort of, I right, cool. I'm getting my hands dirty, getting a project. But yeah, I think for me, I just need to get disciplined. Eh? I need to change my cycle of instead of having a, a blaze. I've, I've joined Jets Gym, um, which is pretty cool. So I'm gonna start going gym again. BFT is just. I love BFT all day. Represent, but I was just broke, so we gotta go for the cheap option. Um, so I think I just need a um change i would normally my outlet would be having a place <clears throat> i need to make my outlet like something positive you know training or doing something so i'm going to really work on my discipline um yeah look at getting up early getting routine really just putting in work um yeah so if you're looking for someone to produce music or you know do any sort of corporate video type stuff interviews whatever let me know um, but yeah, I'm just looking to keep busy for sure. Yeah, nice. feeling good. Shout out, fellas. That's mean. So yeah, any final words? Oh, check out. Is that what we'll do? Check out or just close it off. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're checked. <laughs> Everyone's checked out. <laughs> As usual, nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As usual, nah. But shot, shot, brothers. I, I have to say, being on the table here, this is my second time, and man, it's just therapeutic, eh? Especially coming here talking with you guys. Like, I, I encourage everyone out there really to like find a group of friends or family members or someone that you can talk to because it's like there's very few things that can make up for this. Like having this conversation, I think we we're deep in the conversation. I was looking around like this is mean bro like this is like this is therapeutic like i'm coming here and we're just having a conversation talking about ideas and it's like it's it's so cool so yeah i really encourage everyone out there to find a, a group of friends that's a, that you can create a safe space with and just have a conversation see where it goes you know yeah, I yeah i'm honored I'm, yeah. yeah i'm grateful to be here you don't need a camera like <laughs> <laughs> this is just different because of like we trust trust the space um, our intention is to model and hopefully it you know it allows um, others to do so as well and hopefully it's beneficial um, and so we're sort of like guinea pigs eh? guinea pigs <laughs> but we're not like worried about the cameras like not like before we we're always conscious and and so yeah I think um, this is an awesome journey journey Come on the journey with us. If you got any suggestions, anything you want to talk about, guess you want us um, to interview, uh, let us know and we'll, you know, definitely mould um, the space 
as we um, journey along the year. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of the year and just you know know that you're worth it, guys. Whoever's listening. Oh no! And just last thing, I just want to shout out to um, people that own this T-shirt. It's um, it's growers. Um, it's the grower program. Get ready, work ready. Um, just plugging in um, the team I work for, and uh, you know, any of you young people, the age between sixteen to twenty-four, can't find work in the transition of don't know what to do. Um, go and Google this and register, and we have got an awesome team that will help provide some tools give you some forklift licenses um driver's license cv making plug you into work and yeah i just want to shout out to uh, all the amazing organizations out there and just to remind you that this space is powered by aok training mm. and so without them we wouldn't have this podcast so for lover that's from me well, that's almost a perfect way to keep it on. Our final words, yeah, I don't really have too much to say. That hasn't been said already. Um, I think like Brad, it is therapeutic. And um, yeah, I'm just grateful to have friends to be able to offload, to take in stuff. And I do recommend finding it with friends. I think there's something unique and safe about having friends that, because they're the people that you can choose to open up to, people that get you, mm. people that you have similarities with, and you don't have to go back to like an awkward family dynamic. Um, unless you're comfortable with your family like that, but um, just really grateful to be here to unpack and unload and just better understand the things that are happening in my life. So, yeah. Shopper. <clears throat> Shut, shut, Jay. Uh, just very, very briefly, just want to say, um, yeah, I think it's important for us to have these, these courageous conversations, even life-supporting conversations, uh, mm-hmm. and to have the start the, the conversation, but more so to have the dialogue uh, in the midst of, of good friends and friends that you trust. I, I believe it's important to have those kind of um, mates out there. It's more so as men because we wouldn't necessarily have these conversations. We wouldn't have these. It's not normal for us to have these conversations around. And more some mature conversations around all the other taboo topics, uh, but also just being courageous to have these conversations. And so the more of us who are having this, the more understanding, and the more this uh, we can learn from each other. I think just the what is we learn from each other, so we can best um, know how to do and, and and work and and be ourselves in the midst of of, of others as well. So, as usual, brothers, refine. Unlock and take take charge. charge. Mandate.